Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed, which means I'm Ken Napsok. And it means I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here on the deck of our Super Star Destroyer in our fleet, the U-Wing of our Alphabet Squadron, the X-Wing, I guess, but we can't both sit in that. But we're here for Force Center. We can. We it's can. cozy. And there's no reason I wouldn't share a cockpit with you. It'd be we can spoon in an X-Wing. <laughs> we're here, and yes, so recently we said, hey, we're going to do that review of the book Alphabet Alphabet Squadron. And we both finished it. We did our homework. It's a good book. Great moments. We're going to review it. Hey, just not today. Uh, (laughs) This episode is The Makers Speak. Lucas, Abrams, Filoni, and more. Joseph, we can't deny that the news explosion that we've always wanted arrived this week, and we have to deal with it. Yeah, for many months, uh, with the exception of D23, it's been, well, the news is a little light. Hey, Adidas made a shoe with one (laughs) small Star Wars detail. And this is, yeah, just news after news and all of it. When when you compiled it, and then I was going through it, and I thought, like, title-wise, like... Oh, this is a lot of this is about the creators, old and (laughs) new and yet to come. Uh, So that'll be really fun to kind of unite this big news dump. And then Alphabet Squadron, we're going to do a review uh, this coming Thursday. We're going to bump our regular episode of Databank Brawl Mm -hmm. so we can spend a little bit uh, of quality time with Alphabet Squadron because it's an exciting, interesting book. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Uh, You know, Joseph and I got behind in our reading schedule. That one kind of Black Spire went first for us. And then I got through it and it was like, yeah, uh, fun book, uh, reminiscent of a lot of video games and legends novels in the past. So we're going to dive into that. Uh, but today we're, we're looking at the news. But we also want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, before we get to the news, we will do some Star Wars life adventures and some life adventures in general. Busy time for both of us, which is good, fun, work's being done. Uh, you know, have you time to have adventures? I have had a little bit of time to have adventures. You know what? Actually, no, I haven't. I made <laughs> no. time to have adventures. Oh, uh, I, there was a new download for uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. And here was, the, here was the hardest thing about reading Alphabet Squadron is it just made me want to play the Starfighter Assault on Battlefront 2. Yeah. So, total honesty, this is a, a picture of my life. Like, uh, I've got a lot of other non-Star Wars work to do, but I'm reading Alphabet Squadron, yeah. and I think, you know what, I, just to scratch the itch, I'll, <laughs> I'll play Starfighter Assault for just a minute. And then I turn it on, and then there's an update. <laughs> yeah. And there's this cool new mode called Co-op. I don't know if you oh, got to play that. Not yet. Yeah, so I, I lost a little bit of time to co-op. So yeah. it is online, and it's four players, but you're all on the same team. It's yeah. all prequel era, including the new Felucia map. Oh, and yeah. then basically you just have to run around uh, getting control of different little zones on the okay. map. And then a horde of AI uh, yeah. characters are thrown at you. So it, mm. if you don't play well, it can be challenging. Yeah. If you do play well and you got three other good teammates... It can just be this very cathartic slaughter fest. I think I got up to 87 consecutive kills as boss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. So do you, you don't have to communicate with these folks, right? No, no. That's, that always keeps me. It's like, it's four strangers on the, no, I'm done. I'm done. Um, I I played one of, one of those fighting games that got popular recently and like, I couldn't turn off. 
the talking to the so I had some thirteen year old in Wisconsin yelling at me. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I don't do that. So there's co op. You can just play in your own bubble, but with other humans. That's right. Right. It's all just uh, you're you're communicating through the body language of your troopers. Love it. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was a uh, uh, great fun. Uh, yeah, and then I had a big show this weekend, which was a lot of fun. Uh, part of that it happens at a place that is a theater and a game store and a cat rescue. So right. a lot of adventures. But a thing that we do every month at the show, at the top of it, is we recommend something that somebody should maybe buy from the game store. Hmm. So every month, right before the show, I look around and go, is there anything new? And I saw a game that must have been out for a while, but I had no idea existed, which is a version of Operation. The board game operation with a picture of Ray from Jakku fixing BB-8's antenna. And I flip over the box, and it is normal operation, but with BB-8. But it, it was just weird to me, because I'm so used to operation being about human organs. Like, yeah. Is yeah. this Ray putting human organs into BB-8 with the Force? Is that what? Uh, that's a must-purchase. Did you purchase it? I, I didn't purchase it yet. I just recommended it. But maybe I will. Maybe I will. So, yeah, some Star Wars and life adventures for me. How about you? Uh, you know, same thing in the terms of just being so wonderfully busy with some projects. Uh, you know, nothing giant, but I, I can't discuss them because people are working on these things. But so that kept me tied to a, a computer for a long time. And I would look at my PlayStation and <laughs> long think evening. and then I, you know, I obviously I play a lot of that baseball game, but I, I, it's been a while since I got a battlefront. It's been a while since I've uh, streamed on Twitch and I want to do both this week. So I'm hoping to carve out some time. But I saw the download happening. <laughs> like it popped out. It was like new uh, Battlefront 2. And I was like, danger, danger. So I wish I'd taken a moment. Like you said, you got to make time for this stuff. Make time for this <laughs> it's stuff. It's very right. important to yeah. throw dioxys at people. And uh, that's about it. I finally, you know, I was gifted uh, from the, the fine f- folks at Sideshow that Obi-Wan Kenobi in the desert figure that oh, they have, yeah. the one-six scale. And it's kind of a younger Alec Guinness yeah, figure. Right? Yeah, with a little Ewan, but mostly Alec Guinness. And, and he's got the Clone War gear in his backpack. I finally, I've never owned a sideshow thing. So I, I, I took it out of the box. But the packaging is so nice. I, I, I thought about just leaving the packaging, but it's like, I can't do that. And it's so impressive, so intricate. But I've spent the last 20 minutes before I left to come over here today figuring out which hands to put into Obi-Wan <laughs> and trying to figure out how to get his very real backpack on to Obi-Wan. It isn't plastic. It's a real backpack. And you have to like slide the hands back like I'm in a suit store. Like, hey, sir, just put your hands back. And I and the backpack's uneven and it's driving me crazy. And I got to undo the latches yeah. and put it on. The belts, everything's real. Let it because sideshow. This is what they do. They're high-end collectibles. This is why I haven't had one before. This is the exact... I've had this conversation before, but it's with parents in Minnesota getting their toddlers <laughs> yes. ready to go outside in the winter. Like, I'm trying to get their mittens on. I'm trying to clip them to their sleeves. I'm trying to get their backpacks yeah. on. I'm trying to zip up their Lunchables. And, and the uh, <laughs> the standby for crotch humor, uh, the display that you put the figures on is oh, a no. two-pronged like, it thing. Cups. It cups. And it cups the crotch. <laughs> and he had to, I had to find the right crotch height to cup Obi-Wan to stand him up. So that was my morning. That was my Star Wars adventure. Hello there indeed. Yep, yep. So uh, Grace uh, was like, don't come in here. Don't Don't come in here. <laughs> <laughs> Weird things going on with Obi Wan. You so, are so. a bull. Yeah, but but there you go. So that's uh, Star Wars Life wow. Adventures. Yeah, we're gonna dive into the news now, <laughs> and this is the whole show. We got your questions at the end, but this is uh, we're gonna take our time with the news because <laughs> you know those those jokes that people put. Uh, can you believe this year? You know, this week's already been one year. All those yeah. little you know. 
those kind of weird uh, jokes. Uh, this Star Wars Newsweek, it seems like a lifetime. At the beginning of the week, it was revealed in a clip from the new book, which I'm holding in my hand, by the way. <laughs> Did not purchase this. This was an extra copy laying around a work location, so I took it. Uh, the Ride of a Lifetime, Lessons Learned from 15 Years as CEO of the Walt Disney, Disney Company by Robert Iger. I grabbed it because I want to read the context. Not a, I, a, lot, a lot of people report on this, but I haven't had a chance to even really read it yet. Uh, the headline out of this is George Lucas Betrayed, right? Bob Iger said uh, uh, nothing new. And, and Joseph, you and I are going to really dive into yeah. that idea of, hey, nothing new. But we're getting some confirmation. We're getting some things we we uh, thought. And, and uh, just reading some of the quotes, George, this is from Iger. Uh, George immediately got upset as he began to describe the plot. And it dawned on him that we weren't using one of the stories he submitted during the negotiations. Uh, George knew we weren't contractually bound to anything, and uh, but he thought that our buying the story treatments was a, a tacit promise that uh, we would follow them, and he was disappointed that his story was being discarded. I've been so careful since our first conversation not to mislead him in any way, and I didn't think I had now, but I couldn't have uh, handled it better, says the guy who wrote the book. So. She uh, said, I could have handled it better. Right? Uh, oh, but I could have. Uh, sorry. I, sorry. You're right. Sorry, Uncle Bob. I could have handled it better. <laughs> Added the CEO, George felt betrayed, and while this whole process would never uh, have been easy for him, we'd gotten off to an unnecessarily rocky start. There's a little bit more in there, but I, I haven't had the chance because I just got the book uh, on Friday, and it's been a little busy. So um, I have a chance to read the whole thing. I only saw the quotes, and now that I see the context of what the book is, of lessons learned, yeah, I'm so curious if those those quotes are just pulled because obviously they're they're uh, uh, throwing live meat to uh, Star Wars and, and Disney yeah, aficionados right? to discuss. But I wonder if they lead toward and I learned X. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. This is lessons learned. Lessons learned. I think that's that's one of the reasons. And I'm, I'm just it's around page 180, 180, 186. I mean, this is this go. This might I'm trying to get back. It might. It's a chapter. Chapter 11. Star Wars. Star Wars. OK. So it's a whole chapter. Uh, and. That's interesting to me. You might be very right there. And again, context, context, context. Yeah, yeah. But some stuff is directly, I mean, you know, we'll dive in here. George, this isn't new. We could have guessed it. And I'm not just talking about rumors. You know, as is mentioned on other shows, George's comments about Disney. Yes. White slavers, all those things that were inappropriate. (laughs) He retracted some things. He did. He did. But you get the sense that, yeah. (laughs) He didn't like a lot of it. But the, the the knowledge that he gave Disney short treatments, yeah. that he was hoping that they would use them, that he was upset that they weren't, that he decided to pull himself out of it, that he thought there should be more new right. uh, in The Force Awakens than mm-hmm. to his mind there was. Yeah, that's all new. It's it, it, That's all yeah. uh, old news. Yeah. What's new is the way that Iger lays it out from his perspective, I think. Yeah, and I, I, I joke, but I get what he's at least conveying in this. And, and to, to this point, I don't believe Lucas has had any response officially. Uh, I believe the article that yeah. I read said that, at least for whatever article, it was Hollywood Reporter, yeah. that Lucas's uh, reps declined to comment. Declined to comment. So I think Lucas feels probably like, I've said what I have to say about this. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but to the, the, the thing I just read of... Iger saying, I tried to be very clear, uh, you know, again, we we're not, we're not in these meetings, but we're going to read the book and find out. But <laughs> it seems like they either, I don't want to say they knew this, this is now I'm just adding in rumors and gossip, bad Ken, bad. Uh, I don't know. Does it feel like, uh, we knew we were going to do it all along. Yeah. George, give us your treatments or yeah, maybe they legitimately looked at him and were like midi chlorians, microbiotic worlds. 
I don't know if this is where we want to go. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I can totally see that because I think the the deal had always been, and it seems like Lucas was aware mm-hmm. that we we uh, we own it. We are going to make any final decisions. Right. We of course want your input, and I would understand if Lucas was like, "Oh, well, you don't want to take it in the direction that I think it should go, even in the largest, vaguest sense." Yeah. And Lucas, I feel like, has said this, I'm paraphrasing, but just like, I realized it was going to be annoying for me to try to talk him into what I wanted. Yeah. So I walked away. Yeah. Uh, and that all tracks from this. It does. Um, and I can see that being a difficult conversation from the Iger Disney's perspective of like, of course, we're going to make the final decision, but you created this. We want to know your thoughts. Mm. If your thoughts are, <laughs> I don't like anything you're doing. That's not a productive conversation ultimately, right. but yeah, how could Iger have had that, that conversation, you know, more explicitly, especially with you know, Kathleen Kennedy there who, who, you know, worked with George and Steven Spielberg and Frank yeah. Marshall way back in the day and, and was kind of a handpicked thing. I, it's not going to be a good conversation all around. Uh, I did like the things that emerged that, uh, you know, George wants every Star Wars movie to move the technology forward. Yeah. He's done that a lot. Um, I, yeah, I was going to make a yeah, Return of the Jedi did too. They had some of the highest special effects shots in the game, and and you had to make teddy bears realistic and all those things, <laughs> right? But um, I understand that that comes a lot. That's part of what George is about. Yeah, tech. Yeah. Do you feel Force Awakens? On the surface, I I agree it didn't, but I don't know. Do you mean for like like uh, the the word technology? The way it was used in that quote was ambiguous to me whether it was meaning real world film technology. I think I take or it as that. in world in world stuff like they wouldn't have just have the exact same kind of X wings one model older, which was you know, yeah they would have in, a new way of flying through the galaxy right. you know or a right. new philosophy shaped by you know George Lucas's more sociological perspective of yeah what after thirty years of peace what does that do to the ships that are available for war you know yeah which so yeah both seem very possible yeah. to me I, I you know we just know he loves to move the. The needle forward in real world tech, yeah. Too. But yeah, the prequels—that's what. Yeah, this is a different time period. But I feel like you go to Rogue One, right? Yeah. And we talked about it a lot when it came out. Lucas seemed more warm towards Rogue yes. One, and a part of what was happening there is let's really go on the cutting edge and see if we can get Tarkin to right. walk out of the uncanny valley and into yeah. your hearts, you know? <laughs> and and that is really pushing technology in a way that Lucas did. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it seems so George has been a little more warm to the other moves going forward. And maybe this was just part of that process. Yeah. Maybe it was the wounds were too deep and you're sitting in these meetings in 2012 and Wait a minute. You're not using my stuff. Now, again, we've seen stuff in you know, Doug Chang, as mentioned before, some of the concept art stuff of, uh, you know, we know we've heard a lot of Kira became Ray and all those kind of things. But the, the the grumpy old man, Luke. Yep. All from Lucas's treatment. George had that there. Yeah. The, uh, the dark Jedi, the fallen son of the heroes mm-hmm. uh, was in there. There has been some implications from, I think, both Abrams and yeah. Adam Driver that. Kylo Ren has been on a, a path. Yeah. Uh, I think another thing to just really step back on this is treatments. Yes. Not scripts. Right. And is uh, Pablo Hidalgo uh, pointed out on some tweets uh, this week. Right. We're talking very short treatments. So in terms of what Lucas envisioned, yeah. I think it's possible that each movie was maybe a double spaced <laughs> 12 yeah. point font yeah 
of here is the largest possible macro overview yeah. of the general movement of this. So I think there is that. Yeah. And then there's also just, you know, as much as I uh, admire George Lucas, I think one of the things you have to be honest about him is he changes his mind. Yeah. And he changes a little bit what he said in interviews. Go go on YouTube and find all the different times that he said, no, Star Wars is always nine. No movies. Yeah. No, it was always right. 12. No, it was always just these three. And then I <laughs> and then people didn't understand it. So I had to make the prequels like he is. He's changed his mind mm-hmm. about a lot of things. So there's also to me this really big question of he's come out and said, I wanted to tell the story of the wills. I wanted to go yeah. into the microbiotic world, you know, and mm-hmm. and go into this deeper level of having the movie take place inside the force, maybe <laughs> even. Was that actually in the treatments? Yeah. Or yeah, is that something know. that he's yeah. thought of since then? Like the, there those are some of like the kind of key things we don't know as Star Wars fans and pontificators. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's good to keep in mind what we do know and what we don't know when we are forming opinions. And I want to go back to you. You you are definitely right about Lucas didn't hide his disappointment. This is from Iger. There's nothing new. He said in each of the films in the original trilogy, it was important to him to present new worlds, new stories, new characters, and new technologies. In this one, he said there weren't enough visual or technical leaps forward. Uh, and Iger says he wasn't wrong, but he also wasn't appreciating the pressure we under to give ardent fans a film that felt qu- quintessentially Star Wars, which is interesting because it's almost as if, as if Iger was saying, and I'm throwing some salt in this one here, of, of going, yeah, you know, you made the prequels. You did that in the prequels, and we got to fix it. We can't do that. <laughs> well, I think, honestly, that quote from Iger is the newest, most vital piece of information from this yes. whole thing yeah. is because Abrams has kind of talked around it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, here's what I was, the task I was given. And right. that's, that's what gets a whole Abrams. Hey, my attitude on Rise of Skywalker is F it. What should I do? The sky's mm-hmm. the limit. I'm going to, you know, look internal and be creative and auteurish about this. As opposed to clearly getting marching orders from yeah. the very tippy top of yeah. Disney to say, we want you to push the story forward, but we want it to feel like a return to the classic. Yeah, it felt quintessentially Star Wars. It has to do that. Quintessentially Star Wars. And what does that mean? Yeah. You know, and Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams talked about their their key word, which was, what was it for Force Awakens? It was like, uh, thr- I, I, I yeah, can't remember yeah. right now, but like they had that, that, that uh, idea of getting back to that, sense of adventure yeah. and that sense of awe of a new hope i think and 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 i really think they succeeded and and yeah like we had you know we have got x-wings and tie fighters so where where's our y-wings yeah we had those silly little fan questions but again yeah you i love that you brought up that jj abrams thing of uh Oh, I watched eight and realized I didn't have to make a Star Wars film. I mean, I do, but I have to, I can, you know, paraphrase it. But so a lot of that's there. And then, and then, and I don't know about you. No, you know, I have not met anyone who has told me I have read them, but I have met one or two people who have said, Oh, I've heard about them. And these are people within Lucas, specifically Lucasfilm walls or work with Lucasfilm, do stuff for them with them. And I, and I've never saw, I've never heard it, but this one particular person basically said, Hey, it was kind of crazy, bonkers. But and he was like, "Oh, peop- I, I, yeah, I would have loved to have seen that." But ad- admitted, I don't know if it would have what it would have done. Yeah, and, and that lines with what even George says: people would have hated it. <laughs> so, just in terms of that, and, and 
you know, there's more to talk about. I want to talk about Iger too, but like even just in terms of what they are, all these, the jump to stupid Disney didn't take George's stories. I still think we don't, that alternate universe, we, I can't guarantee that people would have loved it. Just seen, just seen last Jedi. Yes. I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to see these treatment treatments someday. Um, I have gone through my own journey with the prequels of just, of getting past the various baggage that I entered the films with and seeing entirely what Lucas's intent is, whether or not, as we always say, whether or not it's executed perfectly, his intent is, I think, amazing, brilliant, enriches the original trilogy. It's just Mm -hmm. a beautiful tapestry of themes and storytelling. Uh, But, and I can see how if he was trying to get all of that through someone else, that Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have happened that way. It wouldn't have been his weird auteur vision. So there's that part of it of like, yeah, I want to see what his just like, yeah, I I originally made this as an adventure serial because I couldn't get Flash Gordon, but now I've spun it off into this deep place of philosophical approach and and, and it's coming now from me, an artist at an older point of his life where he's thinking about retiring. You can see how George Lucas might have written Mm. Grumpy Luke and might have identified with Grumpy Luke and said, (laughs) right, hey, I, you know what? You hailed me as the hero. (laughs) I tried to do a bunch of nice things for the galaxy, the prequels. Dude, Mm. it wasn't good enough for you. I screwed up, so I ran away and <laughs> just said, I'm taking my lightsaber, my ball, and I'm going, like, so there, there's that element <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah. There's so much going on. But then yeah. I just want to really quickly have a yeah. have a, a check-in on history. Yeah. Because on the one hand, I can see the criticism of Disney decides to make sure that there's a lot familiar in The Force Awakens. Right, and a lot right. of criticism have, has come from that. Yeah. We've discussed it. We can discuss it more. It's a valid discussion. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, in terms of Disney just being like weird corporate monster who wants mm-hmm. to make repetitive Star Wars. Yeah. I think depending on where you, when you are alive, you have to review the history of Star Wars. Mm. In my lifetime, I was cognizant but, but before Return of the Jedi came out in the gap yeah. between Empire and Return of the Jedi. And it can be lost to history. People hated the Ewoks. It was right. a sin that George Lucas committed. Boba Fett was the coolest guy ever, and you killed him with some Three Stooges slapstick. George Lucas, you bastard. Yeah. The special editions and the mm-hmm. ire that George Lucas no longer understands what he created, we the mm-hmm. fans do. And then mm-hmm. you get to the prequels. I have a friend who made a T-shirt in, I want to think, mid-2000s, that sold incredibly well, and it was the Star Wars logo that said, show me on the trilogy where George Lucas hurt you. And I think I remember that. That was a cut. You, you, you get to, if you're of a certain age, you get together with your geek friends. My friends yeah. Paul and Storm, who are yeah. musicians, have a whole song about how you shouldn't, how Lucas shouldn't have touched yeah. the... Uh, it's it's actually about Game of Thrones, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's a, a refrain <laughs> in it about how like you, you should just let movies be created right. when they're created and they're a mark of the time that they're created in. Otherwise, you get the special edition in the prequels and look how that turned out. And like I've heard them perform that song in front of mm-hmm. hundreds of screaming nerds who applaud and clap. Right, right. There was an agreed upon in the larger cultural sense. Yeah. Particularly for people who grew up with the original trilogy. That we, the fans, understood Star Wars and George Lucas 
didn't. Right. Now I realize that on Force Center we've been lucky enough to get a lot of fans who grew up with the prequels mm-hmm. and they've shared with us their viewpoint. And I understand that a lot of people who grew up with the prequels right. have a different viewpoint. So I'm just kind of reminding from from my heirs' yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. It's not insane mm. that Disney would look at right. decades of fans going, I love Star Wars and I hate MFing George Lucas right. being a normal statement and going Let's bring it back to what George created. Yeah. Let's bring it back to what those now 30 and 40 year olds have been clamoring for mm. for decades. How right. can we make it our own, but bring it back to that? Yeah. And and those are the ones spending a lot of the money and taking the next generation to the thing. Yeah. And deciding to, yeah, if yeah. they're going to train their kids to love Star no, Wars. Or yeah. Not, yeah. Also true because, you know, when, it, when this came out in the headline, you know, the, uh, the day it broke, I was poking through the story, obviously, and I just like, well, you know what? Hey, George, you sold it. Um, you could have made these. And if, in two, despite all the pre- prequel rancor, the Clone Wars were going, if 2010 or 11, he says, I'm doing episode seven, you know what would have been, the excitement would have been there. Whether or not the mo- movies are like or not, it's a different thing. Yeah. He could have done it in the time, but I'm thinking, wow, but go back to even that era, five years after Sith. His daughter's leaving Twitter before it was fashionable because yeah. she got tired of the abuse she was taking and he was taking. Uh, he had the documentary, The People versus George Lucas, yeah. is going around. Right. Uh, why would George want to do that? Why would he want to do it? And so yeah. now I'm like, you know what? I, yeah, so that it's this weird Star Wars poetry of itself. Of, we'll make him, George. Well, I tried to make some, and that's where we are now. <laughs> and I had to sell it to just get $4.005 billion plus and give all most of it, it seems, away to charity. So I'm, yeah. I get to do what I want to do, uh, get my museum where, you know, he's going around Lucasfilm right now on the Presidio taking things. So, well, you know, what this, what that. Um, <laughs> right. He's out, he's going around making a difference in the world. Yeah. You know? So I feel for, I feel for him. I, 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 I understand being betrayed, you know, uh, I understand where it was seems like a bit of a double cross. So I can't wait to read more. Full disclosure, we don't. I haven't read it all, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah. But you, at the same you, time, like I don't fall. Like, when would we? When would he have thought to make these films? He wouldn't. This is, yeah. This we is ran a, them off. We ran a, them off. Yeah. This is a total from a certain point of view, right? You can yeah. understand it from Disney Bob Iger's perspective. Yeah. At least I can. And then you, great, great points about just trying to see it from George Lucas's perspective of like, yeah. you created something worth at minimum. Four billion dollars yeah. to Disney, right? Yeah. You created something Minimal. that changed yeah. multiple facets of the world. Yeah, and then the attitude is, but you don't know what you're doing with it. <laughs> you know, it's, that's that's got to be. You know, when when he yeah. does come across as grumpy or betrayed, yeah, just be like, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, you know, I I, I don't want to get nasty or, or negative, but it's like I see a lot of the videos going around. I don't watch all of them. You know, sometimes I get told about them and everything. It's like, if you're using this to justify some kind of weird attack on the new sequel trilogy, I, I, I God bless you. I think you're missing the point. I think you're missing a lot of greatness in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And I, I, I've been grumpy about that this week of just like, of course, of course. And it's easy to cast Uncle Bob with his non-tie-wearing, pristine suit and perfect hair. <laughs> I've, stood, of a I've stood next to the guy, and there was a, oh, around. I get it, you know, but I get why he's the enemy, right? I understand that, but 
Oh, it, it just really that was starting to rub me. Yeah, the, wrong the way. YouTube versus Bob yeah, Iger. Because be, well, <laughs> not even like Bob. Bob could take it. Um, <laughs> we didn't buy Twitter. It's kind of mean there. Um, no, um, <laughs> that was another quote. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like <laughs> um, but to say, but then it puts me in this weird spot where suddenly I find my these videos are. Uh, you know, not making, I, we all have our own power here to choose what we're going to do. Uh, but suddenly I find myself in an angry at George position. Like, why, why are you betrayed? George, shit, sit down and shut up. Like, and I'm like, I don't, that's not, that's the, not the force center way. It's not my, where I'm at with the prequels now, or yeah. the storytelling, the clone wars. So it's just, it's, it's part of the nastiness that's out there, but I just don't, there's so many layers to the story. You can't just make a video of, uh, George was right. Yeah, he I was mean, right, but so was the, so were they. And to me, like the nuanced, I, and I guess honest way I feel is like I I would have loved to see George's films, but there would have been yeah. w- weird things that maybe worked, maybe didn't. To me, maybe the yeah. ire around it would be like it's so sad that we have Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher back, and and from my perspective, it, with the cultural mm-hmm. discussion, it's just. The prequels redo conversation, yeah. right? They, 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 there could have been some really rough things. Well, also, I'm like, wow, crazy oh. auteur. Mm-hmm. You, this is uh, Mark Hamill just doing a voiceover for you know a a a, a piece yeah. of floating cloth in another world that represents a will. <laughs> like, who knows what absolute auteurish just bizarreness so we might have gone got? You know, uh, <laughs> all shot on a blue screen. Yeah, a whole movie on a blue screen. <laughs> a whole movie on blue screen. And then on the other hand, like, mm-hmm. uh, because all of this brings up these debates about the sequel trilogy and about the force awakens. Right. 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 And you know, maybe we can have a longer to revisit this discussion again. Yeah. I think there's a ton new, there's a ton fresh. There's a ton that speaks to younger generations with their connection to Ray and Finn and Poe. And I think uh, Kylo Ben speaks to me Mm. in a way that nothing else in star Wars has ever spoken to me about Mm. unique pressures of honestly uh, re-examined masculinity. Like there's so much that is, fresh and new bb it's a fresh new design like mm-hmm. there's a lot of that and then with all of the debate the one thing that i think is difficult to debate is disney did real good with the force awakens yeah incredibly well reviewed made yeah. a ton of money mm-hmm. so i think from Iger's perspective if it's like well the real 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 internal star wars bubble mm-hmm. debates about whether it was too repetitive yeah it made a lot of money it yeah. got great reviews you go, you remember going back to 2015, the emotional punch of Chewie, we're home, mm-hmm. and that having the double meaning of in the universe mm. and in our real world. Yeah. They did what they set out to do, and it succeeded. Yeah. It's forgotten. Right? <laughs> Sometimes. But 2015 was like four years ago. Okay. Right, so, whew, another time, another era. Um, yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, it's. I, I guess the other day. If you don't like what's going on currently, you're going to use this, uh, not going to use this as a, I don't mean that in a bad sense, but you're just going to see this as, as reaffirming, confirmation, confirmation and yeah. reaffirming what you believe in your heart about the sequel trilogy. Or, uh, you know, if you're not, you're not. And this is just another weird wrinkle in a story we're going to get 
one day in some other person's book. And, and I'm, yeah. yeah, you're so right. I hadn't thought about in those terms of lessons learned, you know? Yeah. Lessons learned probably means he admits to some kind of failures, you know? Yeah. Um, it may be, and already some of those quotes make me think about it. So Bob Iger just got more of my money because I'm going to pick up that book. I get to pick up that yeah. book. I mean, I can, I can crank through it, let you borrow it too there. <laughs> uh, um, so that's that. Uh, and, and final note here, we, we always have this running joke uh, and, and where, you know, you first used the term IgerCon came to, you know, was our way of trying to get across this feeling of Uncle Bob wakes up and if Uncle Bob wants to talk about Star Wars news, he does. Yeah. This is clearly his book. Now, it's still from uh, Random House, which is uh, Penguin, Del Rey, the whole Star Wars uh, print there, the whole the whole publisher's uh, house there. Yeah. So it's theirs as well, but it's not necessarily, it's, you know, not necessarily Lucasfilm. So they got to get the sales going. This is the juiciest <laughs> stuff. Um, what do you feel, though? It, it come, I was laughing because, again, it seems like you wake up, you go to work at the Lucasfilm offices, and what did Iger do? <laughs> yeah, and I think it, I think it goes back to a like a, a bigger debate of how much is is Bob Iger or or larger Disney paying attention to the real deep Star Wars bubble? Yeah, right. That that's really going to get in and debate the nuances of these things. Because I have plenty of fans who are like, I like Star Wars. I'm looking forward to seeing what right. happens between Rey and Kylo. I'm going to episode nine. It's Rise of the Skywalker. What, the what, right, uh, Emperor Palpatine's ghost is in it, right? Like, <laughs> just like how much it, it, it it's a, a concentration on on those are the fans that are going to make or break a yeah. film, right? Yeah. And when we hardcore fans are, uh, we get to talk it up. We get to share about it. Obviously, if a bunch of us leave, that's that's a hit. But yeah. I wonder how much of it is a recognition of some of these, some of the hardcore debates that this mm. is going to stir up mm. are within a smaller, smaller, more intense Star Wars fandom. Yeah, could be. Yeah, could be. I don't know. I, yeah, you always go to. I always go to Facebook to judge. Yeah, and I have a lot of friends who don't who hate this new stuff, but they couldn't tell you why other than. That ain't no Luke. Um, and then they shave, they, they share, not shave, they should shave, but they share, you know, we've got this covered in movie web and all these like Mike Zero videos when it's just like, oh, yeah, OK, it's all the same. And you, you don't know the whole stories and you're just outside the bubble and you're going to go see these movies and love them or hate them. And God bless you. Yeah. Sometimes I wish it was in that section. <laughs> um, any other final thoughts? It's a. I mean, we could do an entire episode on this. We easily could, but yeah, no. I I think the, the I think my my last takeaway is just to just right on air uh, promote a or, or uh, pitch mm. to you that I think we should do an episode mm. like reexamining what's new and what's the same in the Force Awakens. That's just nice. really dive into that now that we've all That's had wonderful. a couple of years to to digest. I love that idea. Uh, uh, we'll uh, text Jennifer, get our, our three-way uh, yeah. uh, permission, and uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, but also it's Jennifer's birthday week. We should say happy birthday Absolutely. to Jennifer. Absolutely. Happy so birthday, Jennifer. Um, yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Awesome. I love that idea. Fans, do you want that? I bet you do. <laughs> uh, next story. As if the, this is the next day. This is the next day. Monday is betrayal. <laughs> Tuesday is Star Wars Shocker. Kim Masters gets the exclusive on The Hollywood Reporter. Marvel's Kevin Feige developing new movie for Disney. I I love a good conspiracy theory, but I don't always, you know, I'm not here to believe them. I'm just here to enjoy the world of conspiracies, okay? Um, I'm convinced someone was in a parking lot <laughs> and pulled her, hey, 
you want a scoop? <laughs> Here you go. And it was someone with Mickey Mouse ears on. And that this was say, George is betrayed. You like Kevin Feige, right? Not that this was a spur of the moment decision. Right. This is months, possibly years in the making. I, I, I get it. I know he interviewed for some stuff before, and it just didn't work out back then. That uh, way, in the sense of he's and, and you know, he went, remember he did a bit the, did the Star Wars show and was like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah, and yeah. all the stuff. Um, I, I so this is this is not a, a audible at the line of scrimmage. This is in the works, but not necessarily the news coming out. Just yeah, yeah. Boom. So yeah, I, I think I think this is. I hadn't thought about it this way because I was so busy this week, and it was just like more Star Wars news, no yeah. more Star Wars news. Uh, how am I going to finish Alphabet Squadron and <laughs> read all this news? Um, but yeah, this com- we we've been talking a lot about uh, whenever we cover the news about where does this come from? Yeah. This comes from Alan Horn, a yeah. powerful Disney executive, and it's an exclusive to Hollywood Reporter, yeah. which is like. Hey, it ain't movie web. Hey, Hollywood reporter, (laughs) (laughs) meet me at the back booth at Muscle and Frank. Let's do old Hollywood. I'm going to tell something that I want you to print. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, So that is interesting if it is a decision of like, oh, yeah, Bob's book is Bob's book, but it might generate a little bit of uh, rancor or, or reinforce that specific. The sequels are too similar debate. Yeah. So let's, uh, Let's uh, wave over here. And it's a popular, you know. And maybe, and maybe not. That's idea. a fun conspiracy theory to think of. Yeah. But just. Yeah. yeah. I'm putting tinfoil hat on. I just love it. It doesn't matter either either one way or another. This was in the works. This wasn't like they woke up Tuesday morning, text Kevin. Right. Ka- the, Kathy texts Kevin. You want to do a Star Wars? No. It's a choice about when to release when, this information. Yeah. Um, but it is legit. Co-chairman Alan Horn. Yeah. Um, all right. So pulling some stuff here. Uh, they've, they're talking about a new era of Star Wars storytelling. Knowing what a diehard fan Kevin is, it made sense for these two extraordinary producers. It's Kathleen Kennedy and uh, 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 Kevin Feige to work on a Star Wars film together. So that's basically all we got. And there's some things in there about... Feige has a uh, big superstar A-list actor in mind for the film <laughs> should it go forward. So that's that's our entry point into this. Uh, Joseph, there's a lot of different things to discuss, you know, including more conspiracy theories about the long-term plans here. Yeah. It's just one movie. It's just in development. Is it happening? Dan and David, Ryan Johnson, their films. There's a lot here. Yeah, yeah. I think some – I expected to see – a decent amount of uh, positive reactions because obviously the MCU is yeah. hugely popular and, and people, I think, rightfully give a lot of credit for uh, Feige's overall vision and right. and direction mm-hmm. of the MCU. But I did see on Twitter a lot of people going, no, I don't want Star Wars to be MCU. They're mm-hmm. different. They should have different storytelling. And I think that I think that's very, very safe. Yeah. But I think what what. What's fascinating to me about this is trying to isolate who is Kevin Feige? Right. What does he do? Because we talked about this a lot with Dan and David, too, Mm -hmm. since we mostly know them for adapting one specific story. They've got some novels out there that you you can parse to feel like figure out who are they. Right. But Kevin Feige is a producer. Yeah. So he has a good handle on storytelling. He's certainly I know from uh, various inside Mm -hmm. sources. He sits at the table and he has storytelling opinions, mm. but he's not, it doesn't say Kevin Feige is going to 
come down from the producer role, and he is going to write and direct right. his passion project Star Wars movie. He's a producer, yeah. which means, to me, I, I'm excited because he has a track record of hiring good, talented people yeah. in shepherding in overall vision. Yeah. And what you can see from MCU that I, I would attribute to Feige up to a point is a blending of tones mm. to say you can in one movie it can be a badass superhero with incredible wish fulfillment powers and you know brutal knockdown fight and also a juicy theme yeah. and really fun moments and a character you've come to love might die like yeah there, there's such a sense of uh, in the mcu films of stories don't have to have one tone right and i think that really fits with Star Wars storytelling. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of my analysis of what he can actually bring. I think that's that's a great, great point, great insight, and great way to look at it, because you're a big MCU fan. Yeah. You know, um, without a doubt. I, I am less, but I've always said this. I've, I've enjoyed everyone I've seen, and he has clearly done something that no one else has done, and, and I never want to sound negative, but I'm one of those, I don't want my MCU Star Wars, but... Kevin's Kevin got that way because he's pretty smart. He's pretty good at this. Yeah. I heard one story. This is years ago before podcasting existed. <laughs> uh, and I think it's been passed around some other place. But uh, someone told me once, you know, they're on the set next men. They're trying to figure out what to do with the character thing. And Feige, who's, you know, lower on the chain back then working on the sex men pictures. Like the answer's in the comic books. We have the template. We don't need to think the answer's here. So, He's insightful. He's smart. He puts great people around him. These are all great things. So this is a big win. And I, I don't think Kevin is just going to go, what did I do over here? Let me shoehorn it into this universe. Yeah. There's no way he's going to do that. That's why I am I'm not super worried about Kevin turning Star Wars into MCU, which, again, isn't bad. But I just... I think a lot of people try to apply to Star Wars. You know, I've talked about this. The, uh, Star Wars should be more connected. Connect. Well, what, what does that mean? Yeah. Are you excited because they see, say, Dr. Stephen Strange in one movie and the next thing you know he has a standalone movie? Okay. We can do that in Star Wars, too. But Kevin knows there needs to be more of that because there's, there's more than that in MCU. Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to what you just talked about, the themes. That's what the audience is connecting in, not a 23, 25 chapters of a story. That's yeah. the surface level stuff. It's working because of what you just said. Yeah. I think ultimately it's working because of what I just said. But I think the basis is what you just said. <laughs> Which is that quote from Feige, and I think a a thing that some people concentrate more or less on in the MCU is, it is an adaptation. It is the one of the weirdest adaptations ever done, but it is taking 80 years of Marvel comics up to this point and adapting them. Like, Mm -hmm. you read the behind the scenes things, you know, if you happen to know people involved, you hear about them. And it, when they, when they come to do a new character, it's look at all the comic books. Yeah. And then, then let's let's zero in and say, what makes this character resonant? Mm. You know, why why is this character been popular? Mm-hmm. So that's our big picture mm. theme. That's where we're getting it. And then like, which story should we adapt? Yeah. And what what's what specific scene from you know, Doctor Strange? You yeah. know, way back in 1968 is like we need that scene because that's essential. And. It's an adaptation. I don't know why we're both just using Doctor Strange as our only example, but you know what I mean. I don't know. I just, we're, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, but even going into mm-hmm. um, things where, like, yeah, they're making up the, the they've changed enough, so they're not just 
you know, adapting the mm-hmm. actual comic book, you know, Infinity Stone Saga. There's yeah. a panel in the Infinity Stone Saga where Drax the Destroyer is watching Alf on TV. So it's not a direct adaptation. They left that out. That's a, that's a <laughs> loss for a lot of people. But the, I guess mm-hmm. the point is Feige is skilled yeah. at adapting things. And also, to your point, the idea of what could happen next with Star Wars, Marvel it has been telling a linear story adapted from the comic books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that it, it's not that you mentioned Dr. Strange and then he shows up. Yeah. It's that the characters know each other yeah. and they interact. And Captain America doesn't become Captain America until he has a fight with Iron Man and he bonds with Black Widow and he mm-hmm. bonds mm-hmm. with Falcon over their, you know, mm-hmm. military service. And I- until he becomes a leader of the Avengers and questions his leadership, tra- like all of right. those things in, in comic book movies used to just be, Captain America punches the Red Skull and questions himself a little bit, (laughs) but it's not that character. Yeah. So it's fascinating to me to think about that of like adapting linear comic books Mm. and getting enriched themes and characters because they interact and go Skywalker saga is over. Yeah. They're looking at a brand new day in Star Wars. Yeah. If you buy into the theory that Feige is not just there for a movie, like they're saying, but to shape something that's going to be connected. Mm. How would it be connected? Yeah. Yeah, and that see and that and that makes me hopeful for what could happen, uh, which is the next one of the next talking points of what do we what do we think might, <laughs> this might mean? But yeah, and that's why I'm, I'm glad. But I'm glad we're focused on this discussion because I could very easily be like, and some people have asked me this weekend, can run it up to me with all the excitement. I was at a Schmodown taping and some competitor, dude. I gotta ask you, what do you think about Kevin Feige? And I can tell that they're over the moon, and I don't want to say I'm not over the moon because, like all the reasons I just said, this guy has earned his shot <laughs> to yeah. go play in the playground that he loves, Star Wars. Um, it's a great business. I mean, I'm all on board, but I don't want to be like, eh, I personally haven't taken that deep dive and connected to MC like others have. So I'm going to crap on this. Like I didn't want to, there's a balance, you know, but, but I'm glad we have a discussion because I don't, now I feel even less worried because it's just smart to bring this guy in and he's smart. He's smart. He's yeah. not going to be. You know, he, he Boba Fett walks in a bar, says, hi, Dengar, and then Dengar goes and have a movie. That's not what this is about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not about that cheap connectivity. And I have to think he knows what he built Yeah, with MCU. And when I say he, that he built by hiring a ton of people to help him build yeah, it, yeah. right? Uh, Marcus and McFeely, the, the screenwriters, cannot mm. possibly, their praises to me can't possibly be sung enough for their contribution. So, like, right. he's a... He's a grand uh, uh, master. He is a producer. You know, he's a producer. Captain so Kennedy, producers. That's yeah. What they do. So to to think what he he goes. I know what I helped build with MCU. Right. What is how do I adapt Star Wars? Yeah. How do I adapt? You know what people love about it and bring it, uh, um, make it feel connected in a way that's enriching, uh, but also addresses the I think challenge of mm. of the next era of star wars oh, yeah. which is that um so many people told me they didn't see solo because they didn't think it was necessary right because all of our binge watching all of our mcu interconnected everything has taught people narrative forward movement yeah and w- it, how does it add to the big picture story yeah so without how how could Star Wars do that without just going, uh, we're going to reboot and we're going to tell yeah. not reboot. I shouldn't use that word. Yeah. The Skywalker saga is over. We're going to jump 
10,000 years in the past, or we're going to yeah. jump over to another galaxy and we're starting yeah. from strat- scratch. Right. Can we do a linear story? Would that be interesting? Or if three different people are working on trilogies that are going to be or thr- trilogies. That's uh, a cool. Yeah, I want a trilogy. I want a trilogy. I want, I don't know what it is, but I want one for lunch. Um, you know, if, if it is like 2022, yeah. this yeah. chapter one of this trilogy comes out, then the next year, how could those be connected in a way that is artistically sound, but also business wise yeah. gives everyone that feeling that none of these are just a side adventure. Yeah. But all of them are necessary. Exactly. That's, I mean, and, and talking about Ryan and his trilogy, that uh, some of the comments he's already said of just like trying to figure out what Star Wars is without Star Wars, in a sense. It's crazy to me. I can't yeah. imagine. And, and, and Feige's a good person to try to envision that. Um, but it's so funny because what, what do you what do you hear out there, too? When you say, well, new era Star Wars, Star Wars storytelling. Oh, maybe they'll do Old Republic. <laughs> oh, well, OK. I mean, and I want some of that stuff. Yeah. But like it seems to be. I, I don't know if you can get off the, the the Skywalker saga is weird to me because I, I get it, but like to me it's all the same. You know, it's like a, that's the universe. We, we we bought a ticket to watch the Skywalkers, and so the challenge we we're discussing here is what is it without them? You know, you cite Solo, even Rogue One. Uh, I, I think a little better better connection, but I, I I don't when I so when I hear long story short when I hear Old Republic, I'm like oh, that doesn't seem to me the answer of what's new. Yeah, it's like. Somewhere else, because Old Republic ties to Jedi and Sith, which leads to yeah. the same line. Where you, to me, new is like, and I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want this, but it new is we're going to that weird planet with the birds, and we're going to be riding the tide. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the, new. Yes, the, you know, there's a there's the unknown regions actually do lead to yeah. beyond them is another galaxy. Right? You know, and and it, can you make all of the trappings and the philosophy of the characters and the sociology and the identity of the mm. characters. So kind of new and different, but still kind of tell some of those core morality tale, yeah. you know, how to be a 12 year old. <laughs> That's not quite how it's supposed to be phrased, but, uh, you know, coming of age stories, yeah. uh, in a new context for a new generation and kind of embrace the spirit of star Wars that, uh, these are old tales. The, mm-hmm. If you believe in the term monomyths, they're, mm. these are monomyths. And yeah. is the next chapter of Star Wars just re- retelling yeah. some of those tales truly for a new generation? And it's, yeah, we, uh, again, we're yeah. so upset. I mean, I'm looking <laughs> ahead. Again, you know this so much better than I do. Looking ahead to Phase 4, uh, to me, it's a big challenge for Marvel. I think it's a money-making machine right now, without a doubt. But, like, all right, now we're past... Some of the some of the people we know are passing on, leaving, or contractually done, whatever. Yeah. Um, we're going to different regions, and this is no longer, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. captured in a cave, and that starts. This is the so it's a big challenge over there too. Yeah. That Star Wars is facing as well. Yeah. And this might be the guy to do it because he might have some insight if yeah. they're already doing it. And this is all of us pontificating off of this article that says he's working on one movie. One movie. So it could also just be like, he's had just like John Favreau is like, I came up with this in my dorm room in college. Hey, let me produce it. I'm a, I know this actor. I want to play this character. Yeah. I'm going to hire some great writers and some great directors. We're going to sit down together and we're going to break the story and I'm going to produce it. And then I'll be thanks for my star Wars movie. Bye. I, Which is another yeah. direction that they could go. They could say they could go back to almost like, you know, James Bond in its prime made a movie every two years. Yeah. And it was a James Bond movie and you kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah. Like would, would they ever entertain that of like every two years you're going to get a star Wars. Yeah. 
and it's going to jump around. It's, it, it's it going to be totally different creators taking a crack. It's not, you know, is it possible they would move away from the trilogy? Is that what mm. would make it fresh? Yeah. It's, I, it's so funny because we'll t- I think we should touch a little bit on the, the, the hot take conspiracies on, on what this is about. But I keep going back to maybe the answer is the answer. And what you just said, I, I you know, uh, this is a, Bob Costas, the big sportscaster guy, left his big NBC Olympic job because he just finally wanted to wind down his career calling baseball. Like, this is what I love. I'm going to go do this. And it wasn't a big conspiracy. It was just like, no, nah, I, I want to go do this. <laughs> Kevin Feige has earned the right to just go do this. Right. So what if he was like, hey, remember, hey you want me to just make a, make a Star Wars picture? Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. I, it'd be, I'd almost find it hilarious if that's what happens. After all after of all. the conjecture <laughs> of after like this, uh, Star Wars yeah. needs a Feige. Do they need Feige himself? Oh, well, here's yeah. Feige. Like, and and he this just is was that, like. To oust Kathleen Kennedy. And he's just like, I always wanted to see a Chadrafan Jedi. <laughs> that's it. The Joseph Scrimshaw story. Um, <laughs> That's very true. Final note on that. Yes, text a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know, I understand. I understand completely how you would look at this and go, maybe they're grooming him, not in a malicious way. Maybe Kathleen Kennedy's like, oh, he's a, he wants to do it. Good choice. I might leave in a year or two. Get through the Skywalker saga and I'm Bolton or whatever, or, or or focusing on Lucasfilm projects at large and he gets Star Wars. I understand all of that. All of that makes sense on paper with a, especially with a Kevin Feige. Exactly yeah. what you said. We need a Feige. Get Feige. Okay. Um, do you, do you, do you have any thoughts? Do you, do you want that? What do you think? Yeah, I can see that, that they have, they've started with down the road of the Ryan Johnson trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. They've started down the road of the Dan and Dave trilogy. They, they're exploring Disney plus for what they can tell there, but I could see them just saying, Hey, Feige, you want to do a movie? And also we're trying to piece this all together of like, mm-hmm. what's the, how, how do we make it feel? How do we how do we move forward with these trilogies, but make yeah. them feel connected and, and give people that sense that they're on a journey and that, each, you know, that's what's also really successful at MCU is mm-hmm. some people think they feel the same, but they can be just really different. But you still feel like you're seeing a chapter right. of this big story, you know, and maybe they're just going to him going like, hey, with the pieces we already have, the place we're already spinning. Right. What's your advice on how we could, you know create that feeling in the audience right. that every single one of these is connected and matters. And it's not necessarily about, yeah, that we're going to introduce a, a bounty hunter and, and Dan and Dave's old Republic trilogy. And then their great, 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 great <laughs> granddaughter is going to show up in Ryan Johnson's like, not that surface yeah. level, yeah, but that emotional level of connectedness, that emotional canon connection we like around here. Yeah, I. So we'll see. Time will tell, children. Time yeah, will tell. Yeah. Is this a conspiracy theory to oust Kathleen Kennedy? <laughs> Stay tuned. I. Uh, I also think that uh, she controls her destiny uh, more than uh, some people give her credit. And she's got a good contract. And she's yeah. got a good contract. <laughs> She'll be all right, regardless. All right. We're going to move on with that into hour two of our news breakfast. No, uh, and I think this is almost like the very next day. It was crazy. We got this, and I'm reading from StarWars.com, which is uh, the first place I go for news, because uh, if Anthony and Andy are delivering it, I count it as real. Uh, this is, uh, though, a written story. Uh, they released that Deborah Chow will be directing Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. It looks like all the episodes, she's got the helm. And Hussein Amini was confirmed as the writer. And we'll get into that, uh, what that might mean for uh, previous iterations of the project and Kathleen Kennedy's comment about the scripts are written. So 
just on the surface level stuff, Child's Many Credits. We know she's doing two episodes of The Mandalorian, and she has a lot of credits in TV, and I'm just choosing some of the bigger ones. American, I better call Saul on my notes. I wrote American Cards, thinking, <laughs> probably thinking of credit cards at the time, American Gods. And House Jessica of American Jones. Gods. <laughs> and Jessica Jones, among many other things. Amini wrote uh, Drive, which is, I think, the thing I look to the most, even though I'm not super familiar with the movie. Yeah. Just the tone, uh, the, the way it came out. Snow White and the Huntsman, which I am familiar with, and three episodes of Alienist. He's also uh, got a created by credit on our show. He's got a lot, too. He's got a lot in his resume, yeah. like uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, where he was one of the writers. Yes. Yeah, let's make that clear, too. Yes. That, that was probably one Things of Things yeah. get out of your hands very easily. Uh, <laughs> was that in one of those 23 screenwriter movies? It might have been. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's, that's what we got up top. Uh, the Kenobi series. We know it's going to start shooting relatively soon, and exciting stuff for a lot of different oh, reasons, yes. Joseph. Take a dive into Kenobi. Yeah. Deborah Chow at the helm. I am really excited about Deborah Chow and uh, about Hussein Amini looking a little bit deeper in their credits. Um, another credit uh, that Deborah Chow has uh, recently, because a lot of her recent stuff is television shows. Uh, yeah. Another one is Fear the Walking Dead, oh, yeah, uh, which okay. is a, a show that I watch. I think what unites these uh, these things that she has directed is a lot of them have um, kind of big, beautiful visuals. Certainly mm. Better Call Saul kind of has that, that uh, Breaking yeah. Bad, Better Call Saul house style, where I think directors probably get to come in and go, how am I going right. to create these, you know, vistas yeah. uh, that, that just make you it pulls emotion out of you just by the way an office is framed yeah. or the way a landscape right. is framed. Right. Um, fear the walking dead. Uh, I feel is very much the same way. It's a very, um, it's always got a kind of like slow beat tone to it. Even mm. when lots of zombies are advancing. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Jessica Jones obviously has a look to it too. What I'm driving towards is almost all of these shows have distinct, strong visual styles which tells me mm. she's going to be great at mm. creating or capturing right. a very specific style. Almost all of these shows feature characters who uh, can be very minimal mm-hmm. in what they say. And a lot of it is mm-hmm. about the interiority of the characters. Yep. A lot of it is here's a long shot of Jessica Jones drinking. What is she feeling? Right. Here is a long shot of one of our survivors from fear the walking dead debating whether they're going to let that zombie eat them because they're just done with life. Yeah. You know, uh, better call Saul, obviously no, no reason to go on and on about that. We all know kind of how, how deep and complex that writing is. And therefore yeah. the talent of the director to, get to, to make it clear what characters are feeling in complex, you know, stories. So I, all of that speaks really well to me of telling a story of a conflicted Jedi yeah. in the desert trying to decide whether to stay or go <laughs> and find what is his responsibility, what is his place in the galaxy. What is that chapter? Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy said, we really wanted to select a director who's able to explore both the quiet determination and rich mystique of Obi-Wan in a way that folds <sighs> seamlessly into the Star Wars saga. Beautiful. Yeah, that lines up. Yeah. That's what, you know, we joke about Obi-Wan in the desert. Yeah. Yeah, we might get some shots at a camp campground. <laughs> well, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think this this has got to be, uh, obviously I think it's going to be a Star Wars, uh, you know, adventure with adventure and lightsabers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it does have to deal with how does he feel about the choices he made? How does he feel about Anakin's fall? How does he feel about the fall of the Jedi in 
what is he going to do about it? Absolutely. I mean, we've, we've gone in depth about it here. We're going to get really deep in Obi-Wan as time goes on. This yeah. is, this is your number one character. And yeah. This is a, a definitely top five for me. And, and it's, and, and I, you know, I've had a lot of conversations off air too, but on air too, but like, why would we want this? Ah, this is, this is creatively bankrupt. It's like, man, every frame could be what this character we know and love is going through. Why, and, and why would you not want to, I just, yeah. you gotta hear it. <laughs> I've had so many conversations of calm down and, and this lines up and I think it's interesting. I, I don't know. What do we know officially the episode order number? I don't know if it's eight. I know there were some rumors, six, eight, ten. I don't know, but it's around that. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of, that's a, that's a lot for a director to do all the episodes. Yeah. You know, we see for a giant scale show like Game of Thrones, there's a reason they, they roughly keep, uh, one or two directors, you know, doing one or two episodes, uh, Mandalorian, same way. Um, she's doing two. So this is, this is great. This is going to be her series to Shepard. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense that, uh, from all the scuttlebutt that we've heard, uh, that oh, the Obi-Wan movie was pretty close to ready to go right if that's true uh that supports that kathleen kennedy saying it's written yeah uh and i wonder if there is just a a little bit of like well yeah no we 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 reorganized it yeah so so it fits into being an episodic story but we're just gonna go shoot it like a movie yeah and that makes sense then to have one director if that even is like, okay, well, we got this, the scenes for the entire show. Yeah. These are the scenes that happen on Tatooine. Go. We go to wherever we're going to go on location or, you know, not on location, however they do it. And yeah. you shoot all the Tatooine scenes, the ones from episode one, the ones from episode eight, the ones from episode right. three. And that to me makes sense of like, you cut it like a television show, but you direct it like a movie. It totally makes sense. And yeah, as far as the, the writing, so Hussein Amini comes in uh, and absolutely, it seems like they, they had it around. I wonder and again, I you know I I would put a lot of my personal money I don't have a lot left uh, on the fact that what we had heard was true about a screenwriter coming in. Uh, I had heard specifically it was an Australian guy who had already completed the movie and it was everything's done everything. So yeah, you can't turn that into just eh, chop it up at page twelve. We got an episode. <laughs> you have to have someone and uh, I mean he's got not just screenwriting uh, a screenplays uh, he's got teleplay experience uh, working on you know shows so he knows let's give you six episodes and let's you can't just yeah final cut final draft go right. to final draft and do a different red letter version like yeah here's how to break it out into the beats and, yeah. and make sure the each episode still has an arc totally makes sense own. that yeah. they bring in a writer and it just seems like it was already done you know that yeah. that's Kathleen County wouldn't say that yeah if he hadn't already been on board and but it's fr- it's it's a series will be written by uh is how it's phrased. phrased yeah which who knows yeah. about that knows? but I did you know how in Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan gets to go on his detective journey? Oh, it's great. It's one of the best parts of that movie. I did a detective yeah. journey on IMDb. No one shot at me. It was great. Uh, <laughs> but so some of the things... And working that- with a website called IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, IMDb. Beyond the Rishi maze. Um, so here's what I discovered is that some of his bigger credits are things where uh, where he was a... You know, obviously, for higher writer and many other writers are in the mix, like Snow White and the Huntsman, which happens mm-hmm. with uh, a lot. Uh, but almost all of his work is adaptations, and a lot mm-hmm. of it is noir in various thrillers. Drive is an adaptation of a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, he did some other things that were adaptations of noir and thrillers. But the key one 
is a film called Our Kind of Traitor from 2016, where uh, Hassin Amini is the sole writer. It is an adaptation of a John Le Carre, Le Carre, I don't know how to say that person's name, uh, that writer, that famous writer's name, I don't know how to say, uh, but famous spy writer is an adaptation of that novel starring Ewan McGregor from 2016. So Interesting. it seems very much to me like not only is this the wheelhouse of this writer is I'm good at doing adaptations. Mm. I gravitate towards noir, thriller, spy, which is, again, you can have action. Yeah. But it is also so many spy stories are about uh, people, main characters facing their interiority, yeah. facing do I want to be doing this? What is at stake? Am I losing a part of my soul by making the choices yeah. that I'm making? But I'm just I'm just one cog in the machine. Yeah. But my choices can make nations fall. Right? You know that kind of stuff. Well, it's like what do you think, Nor? What do you think? You think she walked into my office? It was a cold night. Right? <laughs> You're inside the character's heads, just on a simple level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then just the, interesting to me the fact that he made this with Ewan McGregor. So mm-hmm. is this an Ewan McGregor hire? Oh, is this? Yeah. Him saying, like, great, I like this. Hey, these are the rough ideas Lucasfilm has. Uh, great. Right. Here's a guy I just worked with. I had a great time with him. Let's do it. And and it all lines up. It's not just uh, he's you know, good, uh, good at uh, he's not he's he, everything you just talked about all lines up with this character of Obi-Wan. Yeah, it's exciting to me. Yeah. It's kind of like with with the. Uh, you know, looking at Cassie and Andor, and, and you had said, I, I want someone from uh, the the Americans, and they got <laughs> yeah. someone in the Americans. That stuff <laughs> Worked works. Out. Worked out. That's how yeah. it works. Finds people in their wheelhouses, and it's exciting. I mean, right now, it'd be hard to make Joseph and I not excited for Kenobi, but this just, yeah, whew, that fire's burning. Yeah, yeah. And uh, since it is something that, that we discuss and that the world discuss, also this is uh, for people who are wanting more diversity behind the camera. It's also great for that, obviously. So big, uh, big grab there. Uh, absolutely. And uh, same with the Mandalorian, uh, too. So we'll see what else comes out of that with directors, writers and behind the camera people. We got toys, though, now. That's my story. Yeah, it is. Wow. Take a deep breath. We're almost there. Uh, this was the... Oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm skipping. I'm, I am skipping. See, that's why I thought I was confused for a second. <laughs> so much news. I was skipping. Uh, we're going to go down to this uh, next story. Is the Empire Magazine cover photos. And this is... Uh, we're getting close. We're getting to that time. I'm I'm sensing trailers soon. <laughs> I'm sensing halftime at a football contest. Uh, we got a lot of things going. But... Um, and, I probably, you know, there's so much news this week. We may miss a promotional poster that was released or some Oh, photos. yeah, there's a promotional photo released. They just released a uh, snippet of the upcoming Resistance Reborn book. Right. We'll get to it. We'll get to that. Um, close-ups on Ray's rebuilt lightsaber. But the Empire Magazine uh, article had a photo of Kylo Ren. Uh, already been turned into a meme by a lot of people, including our friend Brian Ward surfing. Uh, he did the surfing one of Kylo on a, a looks like a, a hangar bay. A lot of stormtroopers around. Almost looks like a big gush of wind. Could it be the force? A big force push from someone or an explosion? We don't know. That's there. We also got a shot of the Knights of Ren in line, really close up, ready for action. And then, of course, the covers themselves. Uh, 
Ray and Kylo back to back. Kylo with the mask on a lot there. Uh, so we'll start with the pictures, Joseph, but there's two quotes we're going to dive into from Chris Terrio and J.J. Abrams in a second, but just the initial reaction. Photos. Yeah. Photos. Photos are fun and exciting. I don't know if the focus on Kylo Ray Knights of Ren in promotional stuff is because it's truly, truly the spine of the movie. I like, I obviously they're kind of the main characters yep. in my opinion kind of, of the sequel trilogy. So yeah. Or it does just seem like so far Abrams is successfully keeping a little bit more of a lock on. Yeah. We're not going to show you all sorts of different snippets so you can put things together. So that, yeah. I mean, the main thing I think of is like, ah, I kind of like that. This sounds so weird. Uh, I kind of like that there's nothing too new in these images. Yeah. That it is um, just keeps uh, Kylo with that shattered helmet keeps getting me excited to mm-hmm. truly see the story of that shattered helmet. Ray still, I'm I really warmed up to Ray having the hero's blade and the mm-hmm. symbolism of that instead of building a new thing. And just when I see those, it just feels mm-hmm. classic Star Wars. Yeah. The force of light and the force of darkness are going to clash. Are they going to come together? And here's what it's about. Plus, this is, yeah. You like those Knights of Run characters, apparently? Here's a shot of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's what I think yeah. about the photos is it's yeah. just, it, it's just getting me excited for kind of the classic journey. I, I like what you said about it. It is really nothing new. And, and it's just focusing a little bit more on the Knights of Ren. Like the Kylo Ren shot, I looked at it and I, for a moment, thought, is that is it Force Awakens? I can't remember. Uh, is this a new photo? Fo- oh, it is a new photo. You know, and, and I love that. I yeah. say that, like, oh, cool, connective thread. And also, I think I think Force Awakens and, and Last Jedi, different DPs, I, I still think they're, the look's very similar. Like, it's not, it's not too different. Um, so, I mean, Empire Strikes Back is... Kind of radically different from New Hope. Yeah. It, it, it's part of the reason the movie is heralded uh, by so many people. It, it has a, a different look. Um, so I do like the photos. And the, the Knights of Ren, I'm, I'm, I love being a little uh, glib on the Knights of Ren, but I'm excited too. I saw some tweets going around, uh, some of the figures yeah. released, and, and they don't have names. And someone tweeted uh, Pablo and one of your less grumpier moments said, uh, no, they have names. We just, the toy, it takes, we're, we're very far out when we make decisions on toys. We didn't want, we're not revealing the names. It's, it couldn't be revealed, basically. Oh, so, nice. That's cool that we're going to have Ted, Dave, and <laughs> Carl coming around. All the other solo <laughs> children that Han and Leia had and hid from us all. Yeah, but I like where we're at now. So, that's the pictures. Yeah. But there were some juicy stuff. Oh, so juicy. Juicy quote. I'm just going to read. We'll start with the Chris Terrio one, huh? Yeah. I'm just going to read the quote, and then we're going to go in. <laughs> All right? All right. All right. Let's hear from Chris Terrio, co-writer of Rise of Skywalker. Some of the most interesting scenes in The Last Jedi are the conversations between Ray and Ren, he said, noting the different side of Ben Solo that Ray's able to tap into. We've tried to pick up that... Co- complicated relationship that really has been present ever since the interrogation in episode seven when ren takes off his mask there's a nakedness about him with ray that he doesn't express to anyone else ryan developed that in fascinating ways and we've been able to develop it even further all right yeah take that as you will (laughs) is he saying that there's only the only good scenes in the last jedi are these (laughs) i'm sure there's videos out there saying that this more than any thing, promotional photo, anything we've heard yet on episode nine, this is the thing that's gotten me the most excited. Yeah. This very quote here. Yeah. He I can see gets that. It. He yeah. gets it. Yeah. Love, I love you. I've, I've gone on and on about that interrogation scene. I have gone on and on about their relationships, and that's why I keep coming back to The Last Jedi. That and the Luke stuff, you know, but like them in the throne room after the fight, I could live in that all day. Yeah. So good. 
And I'm just excited. Yeah. It's just sort of like, uh, their relationship is fulfilling the promise of these characters as both the old, the classic, mm. uh, a light side user trying to find their place and make their choices and a, a dark side user conflicted by yeah. their own relationship with the dark side. That's classic mm-hmm. Star Wars. That's classic myths and storytelling. But then, you know, there's something raw and fresh about these characters in that they are utterly caught in the shadow hmm. of what has come before and get the sense that maybe maybe it's going to be really fresh about nine. And when what Terry was talking about is they can't deny their connection. Mm-hmm. They, we've talked a lot in the last couple of episodes talking about comic books, about having kind of right. similar issues and similar desires. And like, what does that do if you if you just kind of take that little, the little kernel of Return of the Jedi that's about Luke and Vader are now exposed to one another and they can't right. even go, can't even do normal military operations anymore because they sense one another. Yeah. Because they're too connected. Right. And if that one kernel of Return of the Jedi is like the main idea yeah. of Rise of Skywalkers, we've seen each other. Yeah. We know each other. We can't just go through the motions of I'm light, you're dark, we're fighting for... The MacGuffin, let's let's cross sabers. Yes. Like we can't do it. We can't do the normal yes. walk. But what are we going to do? Because you're not going to turn from your path. I'm not going to yeah. turn from my path. But I can't turn from you. You can't turn from me. Super deep emotional mm. Raylo stuff. Yeah, and and and, and, and talks about the talk about the Raylo thing. We mentioned a little bit last week. Again, I, I've never been opposed to the idea. It's not the choice I would want them to make. But that's I'm not in control. But again, I can't watch. I can't watch Force Awakens and think, uh, they might smooch, as Irvin Kirshner would say. Uh, <laughs> it, it does make sense, but I just think it goes beyond that. I yeah, just think yeah, it's, it's so much more powerful beyond that. Uh, like you just said, like it, it cannot be. And even at the end of Last Jedi, she closes that door on the Falcon and he he's cut adrift in the world. And it's not cut adrift in the world to me. I am Supreme Leader. It is. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any friends anymore. Like that's the person that knew me, but also that's the person that knows me. Yeah. And that's a weapon she has now and it's powerful. And he's, and she's drawing strength from all the things I rejected. She's on my dad's ship with my mom. My uncle just made a fool of me and my father's dice are disappearing in my hand. Yeah. And that's what she is drawing strength from all the stuff that I rejected. All the stuff that could have been mine. Yeah. Could have been a contender. So it's all just wonderful and uh, meaty. And I don't have any I don't have any specific predictions out of this. I just like I read this. I'm like, oh, man, they, they've been tracking this. this. They've been tracking this. You know, yeah, this is this is a, and, and Ryan just gave a wonderful next chapter. And they're building on that very clearly. Yeah. And that's just exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited. For and that. Carl and Bob and Ted Wren. They're exciting, too. <laughs> that's so uh- How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, sorry, I monologued a little bit there, no, but you're in the same boat, right? Oh, yeah. The, the, you, you've you got some, uh, some monologue points to spend okay. compared to uh, okay. me this episode. So um, please, monologue away. <laughs> if we actually had monologue points. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Joe, this guy. You've heard of him. J.J. Abrams? Yeah, he's, he's making He's making a Star Wars picture right now. He said this, and this is in, uh, I think this was attached to the Kylo, uh, excuse me, the Knights of Ren photo article. Sometimes, uh, I'll, I'll say, in the old days, remember, Joseph, you just go to the newsstand and there'd be a premiere magazine with the Cast of Phantom Menace and you read the article. Yeah, and this is like you, you, you're going to a restaurant and you're like, I would like a cheeseburger. And like, cool, we're going to bring you out a pickle to taste. <laughs> Discuss the pickle for a while. Yeah. Here's some mustard. Like, th- yeah. th- this isn't even the actual, this isn't the for real article. F an article. No. No. This is two drips from the article. Yeah, two nice, tasty pickles. Uh, JJ <laughs> says, 
I, J.J. Abrams uh, says, I never found myself trying to repair anything, he tells Empire. If I had done episode eight, I would have done things differently, just as Ryan would have done things differently if he had done seven. But having worked on television series, I was accustomed to creating stories and characters that were then run by other people. If you're willing to walk away from the thing that you created and you believe it's tr- it's in trustworthy hands, you have to accept that some of the decisions being made are not going to be the same you would make. And if you come back to it, you have to honor what's been done. So, all right. I can I know a few people in my own life <laughs> who would take this as proof that JJ hates eight and that he's retcon and everything, and this is his nice way of saying it. All right, there's I don't necessarily think JJ loved eight. I don't know, but he said a lot of nice things. You know, yeah. we heard a lot of stuff before the movie came out. I've read the script and I was jealous. I'm not directing it. Right, yeah, he could lie. We're all we all try to be nice people yeah. and not just crap on other people. <laughs> and he probably really respects Ryan. All right. So yeah. but yeah, there I, I I can get it in this. There's some things, there's some things, but this is just one little quote, no full context. Right. And to me shows that he's just like no, this is how creative process is. It yeah. works. Yeah. And also, I think he, he has continually tried to acknowledge that this changed for him massively. When yeah. he made Force Awakens, he's like, great, we are running, you know, uh, what's the race where you hand the baton? Uh, the, the relay race. The re- yes. It's a relay race. Yeah. And I pass the baton to, to Ryan, and Ryan's going to pass it to somebody else. Yeah, the time Trevorrow. It's suddenly very different than like, oh, wow, I'm going to come back and I'm going to... <laughs> really funny that J.J. Abrams is now... I will finish what I started, <laughs> you know, and that that is a yeah. different, a different than he saw it, but he's happy that it worked out. And part of that is, oh, okay, well now I'm going to have to process where it went, mm-hmm. you know, and how much, you know, it, 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 an improv scene is a, a weird uh, example, but like, you know, sometimes a moment happens in improv and you're like, ah, I got an idea, but then something else happens. Yeah. And you kind of have to let go of that one idea because you have to be in the flow of the story yeah. and in the flow of the moment. Just, just listen to a databank brawl episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can't cling to those <laughs> ideas because you never know what's going to happen. You, you want him to throw a beer at Darth Vader. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, well, fair enough. We'll, we'll go with that. Uh, yeah. I, it, and I think yeah. my big picture reaction is I th- I'm going to guess pure conjecture. I think this is more about how than what in the storytelling. Mm, yeah. Because uh, there have yeah. been comments about like, hey, we've, we've known for a long time Palpatine was going to come back. Right. Hey, a lot of the, these big beats actually do match up with Georgia's mm. short treatments. You, you got Adam Driver saying, we talked about where, Adam Driver actually said it this way, of yeah. we're, we've talked about where Kylo Ren was going to end up. It's the how he gets there that we've figured out. Yeah. So a lot of that makes me just think that there's an extremely rough big picture idea. Yeah. And what JJ is wrestling with is like, oh, maybe, maybe I, maybe he never would have went that intimate with Ray. Yeah. And Kylo in the second chapter. But he's like, well, but since that story already happened, then where do you go? Yeah. Or maybe if he always had Palpatine coming back, he's like, well, it, it, part of the story is Palpatine and Snoke. What, what do you do when they're two evil figures? But oh, but Snoke's gone. So I can still tell the story I wanted to tell with Palpatine, but it's different now because Snoke isn't there. Right. I think it's that kind of how questions. I absolutely not agree. What? Yeah. Not like, well, oh, I had this absolutely perfect, you know, mystery puzzle of who Ray is and you ruined it. I don't think there's any of that. Uh, yeah. I always just, I mean, 
to be blunt, roll my eyes at the they don't have a plan for seven, eight, nine, uh, because the comments we've heard by some what you the Adam Driver one is pretty powerful. Yeah, Adam's this very serious performer. He's you know uh, wonderfully intense. Yes, and doesn't understand why people call him intense. If someone of interview, <laughs> I don't think I'm intense. Um, <laughs> He's not he he's he's not in the game to protect because he doesn't show up to these conventions. No, he don't care. Look at how many movies he's done in the yeah. last four years. Yeah, the man is an actor who wants to act, yeah. act, act, act. And talking to the press is a thing he occasionally does yeah. because it's part of his job. And for him to say, "Yeah, I, I, you know, we had an idea. We knew where Kylo was going." It's part of his process. Yeah. And then even then, he's going to he's gonna figure out as a performer to make those choices and get there. That's how this all works. So I, I it kind of goes to the uh, I wish there was more connections thing. Like what what connections? You just want a, another B-wing in the movie? <laughs> We're getting those in nine. I'm excited. Yeah. Is that what you want? Or... You know, I see, you know, we're talking about the toys, but there's something on one of the toys that's also in the prequels, like a little insignia. Awesome. That's awesome. I want those little Easter eggs and connections, yeah. but that's not story. And it seems as though the idea of we know where we're going, it can go wrong. You know, people can criticize Game of Thrones season eight that they, they had knew the ending. They got there different. George is Martin. That's not what I would have done. Yeah. You got a book. Go do it. Um, <laughs> get it done. So it's I think you're 100 percent right. The how. That's way more interesting than the what, because the how is is the question of like, oh, cool. How did you come out of that theater? I know they're already writing, but yeah. how did you come out of that theater watching eight and go, oh, Chris, all right, let's do this. Sleeves are up. Yeah. We got to figure this out. And they might not even have been writing, actually. Right? Yeah, the timeline I'm trying to remember. Because yeah, yeah. it was a while later that Trevorrow was let go, because it was, it was right. after... Lord and Miller were let go. Correct. So that would have been, and Lord and Miller were let go like early 2018, yeah. right? Right. So I, I think. Well, I try to, you know, they were, JJ was around. No, I remember thinking JJ's got to be th- at the premiere. JJ was there. Was there. And it was like, kind of like, uh oh. Oh boy. Oh, you got here. this now. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Time flies fast. You're right. You were right because Solo came out in eighteen. So, so, but I think your time, your timeline's right. Just put it to twenty seventeen. You're right. Yes. Don't get old, children. <laughs> Don't get old. Time, time. Yeah, you're right. It, but, but regardless, it is mm-hmm. like a. Yeah. He wasn't. He and Terrio weren't in on story meetings. They were no. They're in exactly what he's saying. They're taking what was created in eight. And they were working with it. And completely coming back. I mean, com- your, your improv example, that's like doing a scene and then leaving the building yeah. and then coming back for the third <laughs> act and going, what's happened? What were, you, what were you working on? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's exciting. All those from photos. Yeah. Photos, photos indeed. In two quotes. I'll tell you, these Knights of Red, eh, they're pretty cool, huh? And I'll tell you one I'm thing. I'm very excited for the Knights of Red. Let's, oh, let's take a minute or two on the Knights of Ren because I, I know I joke, but I love the idea of the, the Knights of Ren in uh, coming out of Force Awakens. I just didn't feel as though I, I missed them in eight, but it doesn't mean I'm not excited to see what they're doing here. I'm convinced Dominic Moynihan's one of them, but I could be completely Ooh, wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I think that'd be just interesting, you know? So. Yeah. A little different for that Hobbit. Um, so, yeah, where, where are you at with the Knights of Ren? Bob, Carl, and Ted, and the gang. Uh, well, I think they are either they are the students that Kylo 
took away from the, uh, the, the Jedi school. Right. If not, I think that is going to be something that fans are going to clamor about of where is our Charles Sewell? You better be writing that comic book. Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, he is, right? Because he's he writing is. the night that, that uh, Kylo and, Ren. So we might get some answers about who the Knights of Ren are in the comic book, not the he, movie. And he has said people might not be happy with some of my decisions. Yep. Uh, that, <laughs> yes, these things happen. <laughs> Creators <laughs> make decisions. Uh, and then we get to decide whether we like them or not yeah. and talk and tweet about it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I part of me is just like, hey, I'm happy to step back and say, I love digging into deep themes, emotional canon, but I also just love that Star Wars is aesthetically cool to look at. And if there's not much to Knights of Ren other than they're Kylo's, you know, gang, yeah, cool. Because they look amazing, and I'm going to buy every action figure. Yep, yep. And uh, I'd also be perfectly happy, as we've discussed before, if they are a little bit more tied to the dark side philosophy of Snoke and what mm-hmm. is the meaning of Ren? What does it mean to be a master of Ren? What does it mean that they are the knights of Ren? Could you go somewhere with that? If like that, it's a an ancient force, dark side philosophy, as old mm-hmm. as a Sith, or is it more mm-hmm. sort of cosplaying and yeah. kind of taking something that you haven't earned in just saying i got a bunch of yeah i got a bunch of badass bounty hunters put them in the same armor gave us all the same name and i'm just i haven't earned it i'm just kind of uncomfortably wearing it the same way i did the mask right yeah you know that yeah there's a lot there's lots of things to me that could be utter tip of the iceberg storytelling for just Mm. cool looking warriors yeah and then great we've got uh you know a million comic books books uh podcasts fan fiction yeah to explore it but yeah. i'm just looking forward to cool looking guys yeah. uh, that have just a hint of backstory so we can spend more time with it later yeah i think that's what i'm expecting right i'm, I'm expecting one or two big sequences i don't you know i, I don't know I mean, look that's fun thing i don't know but but I, you know, I don't think Kylo's marching around with them. I, I think they could be against him just as much as with him. All these wonderful things, at least at one point in the movie, you know. But yeah, I, I'm not expecting the entire movie to be Kylo running around with them, and that's what I want. I don't want. I want that. I want a little piece that that leads us into a larger world. Yeah, this just popped yeah. in my head. You know, what if Palpatine just slaughters them? What if that's their role in the movie? Is like they have one scene decimating the resistance or local populations. So you go like, oh my god, and that's the Palpatine <laughs> action scene of him just tearing them apart what, what, yeah <laughs> there's a certain subject subsection of fans i'm like well what do you do now ryan's not destroying seven jj's destroying seven <laughs> sorry uh, i have a cynical bent today um and again two photos released is what spawned yeah and I'm, honestly this night's nice rent photo look like they're recording a cover album for the beatles that's right it's the really, lineup of profiles it did it did yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah they're they're opening for gore uh, so we're going to this article here this is I'll, I'll admit this is a meaty one that i haven't gone completely into because it was uh, uh released uh yesterday well no what's this t- why is it showing today's date on it was 2017 uh no <laughs> that's always fun too here's a new revelation they were that was a 2014 that is something um, george lucas said on a dvd in 2004 i yeah. think maybe ign just changes the top date and it's confusing the hell out of me anyways ign had a nice long interview uh released on the 28th of september uh with dave filoni there's a lot in here about dave going to live action and a photo we get to see inside the razor crest the ship of the mandalorian we have uh, the mandalorian sitting there piloting that ship yep that's a star wars ship 
uh, it does actually look pretty cool. So yeah. uh, a lot in here about Favreau working with George, a lot about George and his influence. What a way to end the week, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we start with George betrayed, and now we have his number one apprentice. Yeah, the Padawan yeah. of, uh, of um, Lucas. There's a lot of the quotes I could pull here, but uh, what did you pull out of this article here with uh, Filoni? Uh, the, you know, there's a lot of good stuff, but there's a, a lot of Filoni just kind of reiterating different ways to say it's really fun to work in this new medium of live action and to to bring what he has learned from Lucas and from the animated series. But that also Kathleen kind of suggested that he do this because of the cutting edge technology that Favreau is using. A lot of it is same, similar to the way they would uh, do uh, previs, previs, previsualization for animated stuff. Right. So that he was coming at it from, Hey, I've got old skills and new things to learn. And, uh, so that's a lot of functionally what he's saying. He did have one particular turn of phrase that spoke to me. Uh, and I, I will mm-hmm. say this uh, being uh, totally a moment where I'm just like, I'm glad somebody agrees with me. Uh, <laughs> I, I go on and on a lot on Force Center, but I feel like the essential power of at least Star Wars as we've known it is that cocktail of the old and new, yeah. particularly New Hope. You get such a sense of the monomyth and yeah. the legacy and the nostalgia for the past. But at the time, it was shockingly yeah. Right. Right. And, and Filoni answers a question about what is what is the DNA of Star Wars. And he says that he thinks it needs to be deeply familiar and yet a spectacle you've never seen before. Mm, yeah. And says also that it's an adventure. It's yeah. an adventure that feels deeply familiar and yet a spectacle you've never seen before. Which I think is just really cool particularly yeah. given that the Mandalorian has been crafted with a lot of love from people who grew up with the original trilogy. And it is so it is nostalgic. It is Favreau as a child playing with his Kenner toys. You can't get much more nostalgic than that. Yeah. Uh, But they're also going like, how can we do this in a way technologically that we've never done before? And the volume. These are the stories that I have been thinking about since I was a child because, damn it, they never told those stories. Yeah. I never got to see Boba Fett and IG-88 have an adventure. <laughs> now they're called the Mando and IG-11, but damn it. <laughs> but so it is both old and new, and it does clearly have a sense of serial adventure. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And, and and get a little insight into the character of the Mandalorian. The show is dealing with a character that, to me, is Filoni talking. He's a bounty hunter. He's on the edge of things himself. Where in the movies, we deal more with Luke, who's a character coming into his own, but he wants to do the right thing. And when you're dealing with the Jedi, they're obviously trying to uphold what's good in the light side of the Force. I think what's unique about Mando is that he's basically a guy that he that's just trying to make a living in the galaxy, like Django. <laughs> he's a survivor, and he's just trying to find his way on a day-to-day basis, and I think it leads to very interesting character moments and stories from him that are apart from some of the things we've seen the Jedi deal with more directly. He comes from a different angle because he's a different type of character than they are. So... This keeps aligned with the the underworld. People talk about the underworld. What that really? This is just a story about a bounty hunter going to get bounties. What is the character? What is the character? We've talked a lot about the identity, his Mandalorian identity. Is he going to connect to that? Um, Yeah, would he try to keep? Yeah, connect back, or maybe again, he maybe he's trying to. I just want to be a bounty hunter now. Oh, you can't. You can't just be a bounty hunter. Just be a bounty hunter. Yeah, or does he not want to be a bounty hunter at all? Is he like, hey, if I had my way, I'd be a baker, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I got a bounty hunt to make ends meet. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm getting more excited for. I'm getting more excited for that part of the Mandalorian. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, slicing a guy with a door. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I want more than that. And I think, you know, obviously we're going to get it. I, I trust it all along. Favreau dumping the figures 
on the floor, but yeah. he knows how to tell stories. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like what Filoni is saying in a way, because he's responding to these questions about you basically were the co-creator, co-storyteller of the Clone Wars, uh, the and you created uh, Star Wars Rebels, and that has Kanan and Ezra, at least at the beginning, is like the main protagonist, right? right? It gets into the Rebellion and many other characters. But, um, mm-hmm. but I think for him and for Favreau, this seems like it's just going back to what we've discussed about A New Hope is like, Luke's the Jedi and the fate and the destiny and Leia is the government and the war and the rebellion. And Han's like, Hey, I'm just a guy trying to get by in the galaxy and I'm hanging out at this scuzzy bar. And just like, I love that. This is just that third of star Wars. Yeah. The, the scoundrels and the bounty hunters in the cantinas and the nothing's ever in good repair. You're always struggling to make ends meet. Yeah. You know, it's that it's and that's what Favreau said. It's the cantina scene <laughs> in Star Wars spread out. But the whole thing, and it's got that Western vibe. And even in that original cantina scene, you've got that the mm. Han Solo being like, it's not my choice you know to shoot you. But, yeah. you know, you're not giving me any choice here, Greedo. We're going to have a lot of sorry about the messes. <laughs> going on uh, we got more. We got more uh, as if it wasn't enough. <laughs> and I, I crawling, love, crawling to the finish I line. I love all of it. It was daunting. Crazy. Uh, we've got Jedi Fallen Order. The trailer was released. Uh, this is uh, the game coming out uh, very quickly. We're going to be able to be uh, Jedi in an era where there's no Jedi. We got Inquisitors. We got cool purge troopers, big monsters. It's a video game. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to tell you, I can't wait to lose a few hours a day in this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that looked like a cool trailer mm-hmm. uh, fleshing out the story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm excited to play a Jedi and, and hit people with my lightsaber. Yeah. It also just looked honestly to me like, oh, man, there's at least three boss fights in there. <laughs> this video, I'm going to have to get good at this video game in order to just get the story. Right. Uh, Similar, uh, you you, uh, you saw boss fights. I saw. Uh, I don't have the patience for like uh, puzzles and games. Oh, oh so no. I get really upset. Like, uh, uh, what's the uh, the the uh, I don't know the the one that's Indiana Jones. Like, um, uh, uh, I get so frustrated. It's like, I don't okay. have time for this. Like uh, Zelda is a lot of puzzles, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I want to go f- hack and slash. So I saw one of them where something opens up, and I'm like, clearly, I'm gonna have to press. A tree, a rock, <laughs> and use the force on a lever and do it in a certain order. And I'm yeah. just already waiting for the cheat video. Yeah. Um, but that aside, this, yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it looks fun. Um, it, it, it To me, I think it will be a good way to make, uh, to try to work on my Inquisitor trivia and get them all straight. Because there are so many different, yeah. uh, different ones that you encounter in different places. You know, uh, but there are a lot of them now in canon, yeah. and they do they have similar names and similar some of them similar appearances. So that, yeah, that's yeah. one thing I'm excited to just spend a little bit more quality time with a couple of them uh, and, <laughs> and get to time. know them. Quality time because they're going to kill me yeah. thousands of times. Uh, I, after watching this, I really wanted to ask you a specific story question. Gotcha. Okay, Cal Kestis. Yeah, Jedi mm-hmm. after Jedi stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of the other characters uh, is a Jedi as well. Yeah. Do you want the Jedi in these in this video game to die at the end, or also be taken off the board in some way? Die. <laughs> die. <laughs> um, I'm, and I like what happened with, with Ezra. Um, yeah, die. <laughs> I don't know. Good look, red, red. You know, 
some spoilers. Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2. Amazing. Bad things happen to characters you love all through the game. And uh, I want that, too. It just seems... I'm I'm totally fine with this uh, Jedi remnant thing, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. People survive. That makes a lot of sense. There were 10, however yeah. many thousands of Jedi, yeah. right? Of, you know, I'm fine if yeah. 142 survived and we still have many stories to come. Totally fine with that. But uh, you got to clear the decks a little bit more for me. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, I mean, I'm glad Ahsoka's alive, but yeah. Ahsoka living in the same time of, as, as Luke running around with his lightsaber, you're dancing close for me. Not yeah. that nothing pulls me out of the enjoyment, obviously, but yes. So I want this game to end with no matter what you choose, you die. Okay. Do you want this one to plain old straight up? Like, hey, at the end of the video game, you quote unquote win as Cal Kestis, but then you die in yeah. a dramatic, interesting way. Or do you want it open for, hey, we're going to make three more of these video games before. Eh, don't don't worry. We'll kill Cal Kestis before A New Hope. Don't worry. I'll give you another sequel. Because this one starts <laughs> so close to Sith. Yeah. Right? It's in that time period. I'll give you another sequel. Okay. Cal Kestis gets to live. You heard it here first, right from Ken Namsok. Cal Kestis gets at least a sequel. Love Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed 2. You're dealing with clones and different... Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll give you one. All right. I'll give you one. (laughs) (laughs) Final thing. It wasn't enough. This is where I really miss Jennifer. Jennifer was so good at running down the toys and products released. She had a way uh, to do it that I don't have it. But uh, Triple Force Friday, the reveal happened. This was a big event. Live, Warwick Davis, Pinewood Studios, cast members, Billy D. Williams holding a Funko Pop with Lando, (laughs) old Lando with a gray mustache. Yes, sir. Sign me up for this. A lot of stuff going on. Let's just dive in. Yeah. Anything stand out for you? I'm going to start... I mean, the watches, I can't afford a watch. Yeah. Um, I, uh, well, I watched the live stream. Did you watch the live stream? I did stream? not. That was another moment where I was like, is this responsible because it's for Force Center? Or is this yeah, irresponsible because I have for you. other work to do as yeah. well? Uh, but I watched it. Uh, there were a lot of, a lot of, they, they cannot be called leaks. Yeah. They cannot be called spoilers. Yeah. They were officially released. There were new characters and confirmations. Um, yeah. And I think this is definitely one of those four centered choices uh, of like, they're not leaks, they're not mm-hmm. spoilers, but they might be TMI. They might just be more than some people want to know. Yeah. So I think maybe we can just skip them. I did not read anything that was character des- uh, descriptions myself yet. I haven't seen any leaked or otherwise. Yeah. Because some of them are. There's one character in, the, in, in a Lego set. I was like, oh, interesting. And I went to type it up on the internet and I was like, don't do that. No, this was... This was uh, Anthony Carboni mm-hmm. and Anthony Daniels and other people straight up holding up a couple of different Legos going, this person is named this and we can't tell you anything else about him. Or Anthony Carboni joking, like, can you tell me why X person is in Y location? And yeah. uh, John Bayoga going, nah, I can't, you know. So this was straight up. Uh-huh. They are being, uh, it is out there. In yeah. the world, but I, I think I'm going to choose to say it's, yeah. we don't unless yeah, it explodes into larger discussion. We, do, we yeah. can leave it alone for now. Uh, yeah, as best we can. Some confirmation of some different characters involved with different uh, ships. Uh, yeah, a thing from a poster that has now been confirmed. Finally, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, so yeah, there's that uh, from the live stream. The other thing I want to say from the live stream mm-hmm. is there's a little uh, section with Favreau and Filoni where Favreau just straight up talked about at full circle. I, you know, mm-hmm. Mandalorian is, is inspired by me playing with my toys. Yeah. And, uh, now there are toys of Mandalorian and Hey, look, if you, if you like toys, 
got some fun surprises for if you like the classic toys. Oh, that's cool. So here, here's my uh, wild theory. Yeah. Do you remember those? I know you do because you've brought it up before. The <laughs> the few like uh, little mini vehicles or oh, weapons yeah. that Kenner made up that yes. they weren't in the movies. Yeah, like the M, it's the MX-9 or yeah. something. Yeah, it's a mini shuttle Titanium. <laughs> yeah. I think those are, I think yeah. a couple of those are going to be in the movie. That like, this is, or in The Mandalorian. In The Mandalorian? Yeah. That like, what, because I was thinking like, what kind of nod... So much of what Kenner is like Kenner's why we have a relationship with Lobot and yeah. Dengar, because like if you're yeah. a kid, you'd stare at those those figures and you play with them. So like maybe Lobot's going to show up. Maybe Dengar is going to show up. But like what's next level nerdry that you can do specifically about Kenner classic figures? That's my only guess. The mini the mini rigs, the mini rigs. I think that's a great guess. Yeah. Because I got to tell you, yeah, you're right. If you're for Favreau and if Filoni already has all the, you know, has a lot of foam. The fact that Rebels has the troop transport, which oh, yeah. was the Kenner set that was like, what? Yeah. Oh, it's just a, you know, figure holder with wheels. And that shows up in Rebels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good prediction. Nice. Put it down. Kids. All right. I'm going to I'm going to look into it. Uh, so then to, to get back to you, your, your mm-hmm. initial question about products. Uh, <laughs> watches. Hey, the watches look great. Uh, th- there's a Mandalorian lunchbox. That looks classic looks and awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> Disney Parks Poex wing. Yeah, that looks cool. The one that entertained me is there's the new uh, Kylo mask with the, you know, the right. shattered and rebuilt. Uh, but it's called Force Rage Kylo mask. <laughs> and then listed right next like to it that. is a new product called the Scream Saber. Mm-hmm. Where you can record into the saber whatever noise you want, and then that will be the noise of the lightsaber as you swing it. Oh, wow. So this seems to me that somebody with a great sense of humor said, we understand that sometimes Star Wars fans get really angry. <laughs> Here is a mask called Force Rage Force that Rage. you can make. You can record episode nine sucks into a lightsaber and swing it, swing it and just get it all out. These are, these products like are therapy. I like this. Uh, I'm on board for that. Yeah. Uh, force rage helmet. Indeed. Funko pops, a whole new line. I stopped collecting Funko pops, but now I'm looking at them. Oh, so good. So uh, good. Gap clothes. Um, yeah, the Mando ones. You got the Gina Carano, uh, uh, yeah. Cara Dune uh, character, IG Eleven. Some beautiful Black Series figures. Yeah, I was scrolling which down probably there. An, excite, an exciting thing for you to see. Ken. Well, the, I love that the packaging is now a little different. They got uh, Ray's an all white package, and I think I saw different colors for some of the other characters. That yeah. Mando Black Series looks great, insanely good. Uh, yeah, and then a Jawa apparently. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cal Kestis. Interesting. They're all in on that already. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, because that's the Triple Force Friday part yeah, of Triple that Force. Is. And uh, the, the Inquisitor there. Um, yeah, some great, great. The second uh, sister. Black Series. Jaina looks Jaina. great. Looks amazing. Uh, the pur- so then the Purge Trooper from the video game. That's. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's, here's the. Of all the things that stood out, I just. The Gina Carano Black Series figure, uh, Cara Dune, has. She's holding a knife. Yeah. And it could just be an extended vibroblade, but I, I'm taking it as a knife. I, just a sharp object with no what? electrical filament. Have you ever thought about that? I like it. Yeah, yeah, because I think it's the, this is like, you know, resources are rare. Yes. Like, I think I think that was a, a pot she used to make space mm. macaroni and cheese in, and she <laughs> shaved it down to a shiv. 
I like that. Be cool. It really stood out. It's a great uh, yeah. figure design, great uh, great character here. Uh, we're, we're getting amped for, but I like a knife, and it speaks to, like I said, the time. Uh, Dio, his new droid, uh, BB-8's new droid sidekick. Um, you know, uh, for all the people that paid a hundred and something dollars for BB-8 <laughs> for the Sphero. Uh, the I mean, now we're just going through choice. ATSD with the uh, ATSD Raider from the Mandalorian he with the uh, Clatoonian. Yeah, Clatoonians, yeah. yeah Again, yeah. If I ever was like. Every shot of the original trilogy. Is yeah, yeah. And now we're getting into a harsh truth that we haven't had time to talk about on, yeah, on Force Center. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready it. to do this? Let's that have this tough conversation. My, uh, my excitement is is muted okay. about uh, Triple Force Friday. There's some stuff that I'm excited about. There's some mm-hmm. stuff that I'll pick up. And uh, it's been rambling around in Toy World news, but totally confirmed. So the action figure lines right now are Black Series 6-inch. Beautiful. Amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a celebration for people who collect that line. Lego. Great. great bunch stuff. of great Lego sets. Yeah. Careful with your scrolling if there's some things you don't want to see. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not, again, not spoilers. Uh, and then the Galaxy of Adventures yeah. line that they've had in the little tubes, which are the three and three quarter figures, they have transitioned to, they're going to be five inch. Mm-hmm. And their characters from Rise of Skywalker, but they're now figures that look like the animation style. Of those right. great, uh, great Titmouse uh, cartoons, mm-hmm. and then for three and three quarter figures, there are some Rise of Skywalker, and uh, and uh, I believe Mandalorian and Jedi Fallen Order, uh, three and three quarter in the vintage line. Okay. There is no mainstream three and three quarter line. There is no one dedicated line of classic three and three quarter figures Mm -hmm. that is the rise of skywalker line of action figures yeah which is hard for me and also a growing moment (laughs) (laughs) to accept change i understand where hasbro is coming from because i think that market between like are these action figures for kids and if so how can we get kids interested in them or are they for collectors but if they are then most collectors prefer mm-hmm. the vintage and black yeah. series so uh, there's a problem it's like i understand but i wish they could have held out for one more movie yeah and just like there's never been yeah. a star wars film that didn't have a somewhat dedicated line that's tough you know yeah no, it's tough. Yeah, you're especially there. for the big one. The big you're one, right you know? There at the end. You're, you're right. You're right, the you're end. right here at the end. So it, it is a great victory for my wallet because <laughs> yeah. I think the first wave, there's only there's only a handful of Rise of Skywalker yeah. figures yeah. that are available on the three 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 and three quarter, which I have, you know. Yeah. Uh, which are my my uh preferred your, your figure. Preferred, yeah. Yeah. Black series look beautiful, but the space in the it's, in the time and the money, I, I just I, I can't I can't I can't yeah. go down that road. I, I yeah, they look weird. beautiful, and I'm happy it, for people who love black series. I'm thrilled for you. Yeah, I, I don't know when. I mean, it, I don't know when I made the con. I didn't make a conscious choice, but yeah, it's weird. I, I just started focusing on those. Yeah, I love Mike Black's theory of uh, because they're the same scale in your hand as you were as a kid <laughs> holding the three and three quarters. It just now the six inch seems this is what seems I the right size. With. Yeah, that's great. So I like that. Um, yeah, this is a uh, and I get it. You know, Hasbro. I don't think everything's been perfect with Star Wars going back to even Force Awakens. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's a different era. Uh, I wish there was more background characters and all those kind of the yeah. things we grew up with. Excuse me. It's not. Um, but 
Yeah, this is this is uh, yeah. It's an end of it's an end of an era. Absolutely, it's an, it's an end, end of an era. End of an era, and, and who knows? Maybe we'll uh, we'll see a return. But uh, I, I I'll just put out there like I hope these three and three quarter vintage figures sell like nobody's business. Yeah, because if hey, if they they're available, but they're just in the vintage line, they're a little bit more expensive. That's fine. I'm an adult collector. I'll right. I'll uh, pay the extra six hubris dollars for being <laughs> <laughs> an adult buying toys at Target. That's fine. Uh, but I just hope that they ramp up production. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I want these characters. I want. Yeah. I want. I want some deep cuts, and I want all the main characters. You know, well, I want to give you my money. Hasbro. You want to? You need it. You need it. Triple Force Friday. Uh, what is that? This coming Friday, right? Yep. Oh, wow. Woo. If we thought, wow. just just as a, a preview to brace brace yeah, yourself. If we thought this was a big news week, yeah. Next week uh, we got Triple Force Friday. Yeah. We got. I'm assuming some big Lucasfilm news. At uh, New York Comic Con, we got the premiere of Resistance uh, oh, season yeah. two on Sunday, and we got that Empire yeah. magazine yeah. coming out. Yeah, it, it, uh, we're gonna have to have a sleepover to record the next we're episode of Four Center. We're still, I mean, and we even <laughs> talked about the you know they did the Galaxy's Edge documentary on Freeform. Oh yeah, I didn't, yeah. Didn't get a chance to watch that at all. Like, there's a, probably there's at least a a, there's a spark of re, the Resistance uh, right. YA novel coming out. Yeah. Mm. A Resistance Reborn. I got to read it. Bob Iger's book. I mean, there's just a lot to get to, <laughs> Star Wars fans. But that's our look at the news, which is also the main show, which does mean we're going to get to some of your audience questions today. We still have them. Uh, Addy at Runner, Dr. Chem Girl, uh, catching up on the pod and curious. As you talk about the Disney Plus shows, do you think Solo would have been a larger success as a Disney Plus show? Yeah, this has come up before uh, in various forms, but... Uh, it's an interesting question to ask right now. Yeah. Because the answer is absolutely to me, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would have been the answer if even Disney Plus was in the works. Let's say, I mean, it wasn't in the works. But, you know, like, if it was a true option, yeah, I don't know if it would have worked back then. Which back then being just over a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I've already screwed up the timeline once this episode, yeah. so I won't get involved with that. I, I think, yeah, I think the thing that uh, that we discovered uh, is not only they were released back to back, there was the tension over the Lord and Miller mm-hmm. decision, um, all of that, uh, not enough time to breathe. But it, again, I, for myself, heard so many people saying, I don't think this is necessary. Why do I need right. to see this in a theater? And unfortunately, really big budget movies have to be necessary events. Right. I don't think shows on Disney Plus have to be. No. I think people would have been, I think people who would have, who had a cynical idea about Solo going in mm-hmm. would have just watched it and been yeah. pleasantly surprised. Absolutely. That it was really awesome. And and I think that would have changed the narrative of Solo. And also, there it wouldn't have been under the microscope of the budget. Yeah, which is the, big, the box office. big reason that movie's considered, uh, you know, the fail, failure in some people's eyes. Uh, the, the cost to make it, the cost to remake it. That's why I didn't take too much. But Addy, yeah, I think I think now, I think a Solo 2 or anything in that universe, a Kira movie, a Crimson Dawn movie, or whatever, if it's done on Disney Plus as a series, be like everything Joseph just said, I really do second. The pressure would have been off it. Yeah. And as a fan, I would enjoy it. You know, cause that, like with the Kenobi thing, I cannot tell you how relieved I am that it's a TV show. Yeah, because it's like, hey, if you got Disney Plus and yeah. Kenobi's not your bag, eh, you can watch, watch The Mandalorian again. You're yeah. cool. I can enjoy being a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Again. No, actually, uh, we always do. Thank you, Addy. Uh, Michael Gibbons at Michael Gibbons. How would you feel if we see Kylo break down Vader's helmet to remake his own, using the legacy of Vader to cement his own identity in the dark side even further? I think it's a powerful image, but I'm not sure how fandom 
would react, hashtag love the show. Well, we love you, Michael. I uh, never really thought about this. Yeah. Retrieving the mask uh, and uh, pounding it down to help us seal <laughs> or even completely rebuild his mask. Yeah. What do you feel about that? I, you know, I have a mixed reaction to it. I think, you know what? I think if that was the story that they chose to tell in episode nine, mm-hmm. I think it would have significant meaning. So if they chose to do it, I think it would be cool because it has so many rich layers about Kylo could tell himself, I'm killing the past. I'm smashing Vader's helmet and I'm reforging it in my own image. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, are you killing the past when you're wearing it on your head? Yeah. Because now, now, and then you get into like the, the theories that mm-hmm. maybe some of Palpatine's blue essence Since, shooting yeah. up landed in, in the mask and it's, it's Ben Palpatine talking to him in the mask. So it's like, mm-hmm. is, uh, does that mean Kylo's wearing a headset to Palpatine <laughs> chat? Uh, you know, I think if those choices were made, yeah, both narratively and thematically, then they would be developed well because that's the good choice to make. Sure. Yeah, I don't know what I think. I mean, I, it's an interesting idea to me. I do like the idea of just reforging the old one and everything, but I, I do want to, you know, I do feel something of Vader will be back in this story. Yeah, uh, it'll be a perhaps a little talking point. So interesting, Michael. Great thought on that one. There, we go to Patreon. We get some deep stuff here. Casey Key. On the main show, you have discussed how Star Wars is a morality play, which I completely agree with. I feel it's a great exploration of the core emotions and how they influence our actions and decide good from evil. However, so far, I don't see what the sequel trilogy has added to that morality tale that wasn't explored in the first six movies. Whether you consider it as echoes of the previous movies or a rehash for modern audiences, the sequel trilogy covers a lot of the same moral themes previously explored in the saga, which for me begs the question, what if, if anything, does the sequel trilogy add to the morality tale of the Skywalker saga that wasn't already there? And if not, then what is the point? Not to be a downer, I like the movies fine. I just think a lot is right on episode nine in terms of adding a defined moral lesson to the trilogy. Casey, that's some great stuff. Yeah. Makes you think. Made me think. I don't know if I have the perfect answer, but uh, morality. Star Wars. Do we have new morality yeah. in these sequel trilogies? Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, first of all, I, I just uh, I agree so much uh, with Casey's idea that a lot of this is writing on episode nine. Yeah. Right? Because we are talking about something that isn't completed. Uh, so home. there's yeah. that. But but for me, I what I go to is the idea of uh, the morality of what it is to pass on what you have learned. Mm-hmm. If, you know, the original trilogy is about, uh, you, you know, uh, dealing, uh, ha- ha- coming of age, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that the sequel trilogy, to me, everything that makes it really uh, pop is about there is this young generation who can't get out of the shadow of the past. Mm-hmm. And on screen, we are spending a strong amount of time with Han and mm-hmm. Luke and the literal ghost of Vader and father figures like Snoke. And we have another sort of uh, evil father figure of Palpatine mm-hmm. coming back. And, and we even got Lando coming back. And I think that there is a lot of morality to be learned from a, you don't just come of age. You don't just learn your moral lessons when you're 12, right? You are revisited by those questions and decisions again and again and again, as Luke and Han explicitly are in mm-hmm. both films and then there's even if you've won the battle what is your responsibility to the next generation who is literally growing up mm-hmm. in the wreckage yeah. of your battle ray is literally growing up in it kylo is emotionally growing up in it mm-hmm. finn is trapped in 
some zealots attempt to reclaim the past. He's literally wearing the armor mm-hmm. of the past and trying to pull himself out of it. So I think there's morality in that from the perspective of the elders of what is it to mm-hmm. be a mentor and what is it to take responsibility for mm-hmm. what has been. Yeah. That's yeah. I like, I like that answer. Uh, I like that one. Uh, the, the, the idea that it's again, speaking to it, let's just say continue to speak to a 12 year old, but you will be old one day. Yeah. And this is the power there. I look a lot to what Ray with what's going on with Ray. And look, this is very present in the prequels, but Growing up to make the right choice uh, to do good, but maybe some of the things around you are telling you what's the point or uh, yeah, what you believe in. They they don't. That was a lie. They didn't work. And still finding your own truth. Your not your own not your own truth, but your own the good choice. Still making the good choice when it's so easy not to. When I think Luke, Luke, it was more of like a destiny thing and there's a lot of the morality that comes later again comes in return of the jedi throwing down your weapon to win all those kind of things i yeah. think there's stuff there but i'm looking at ray well, again we'll see where it goes i just keep going to you know luke's not saying a lot of things that aren't true it's you know he, the, the, his speech of sidious and the, and and the hubris of the jedi not a, a lot of that's true but he's in the moment is like What's the point? And she's got to rise above that, too, and find her own way in the yeah. story. There's some stuff there that I really like. The stuff with Kylo, it, yeah, it's very similar to, to Vader, probably. And, and that's why some of the redemption stuff I, I do see happening. But at least it's done with a different, maybe even more modern take, which goes back to your generation thing. Yeah. So this is now speaking to a new generation of fans that also have the previous generation hanging over them saying, yes. That's not how you do it. That's this not is how you, you do, do it. it. Yeah. This is that. We're here. But we enjoy the same things, but we yeah. want to get out from under that. We're in the same timeline, we want to get out from under that. So I think you make a really good point about Ray, which makes me think of uh, the kind of the morality play comparison to her journey to Anakin and Luke. Right. Which is that Anakin and Luke, in both their first films, kind of have somebody offer, like, you know, you should be a Jedi. And they're both like, cool. Yeah. I'd like to be. Like, Anakin leaves home explicitly because right. he's going to be a Jedi. Luke makes the decision after uh, Uncle uh, and Aunt Burn. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be a Jedi like my father. Ray has spent so far in this film two movies, kind of dealing with the call, mm. the hero's call. So right. I think in in some ways it is telling a more complex version of that morality tale mm. of do do I want to accept the power? Do I believe I yeah. can handle the power? Whereas I feel like uh, Luke and Anakin, it was just like, of course you have the power. Yeah. The question is what you're going to do with it. And I think we've had a more sort of complex and a different approach to that morality tale of first believe that you have the power and accept that you have the power. And then what do you do with it? And then what you do? Yeah. The choice. The choice. Going back to some of the Qui-Gon stuff uh, with Master and Apprentice and some of the recent Dooku Jedi Law stuff of Qui-Gon, like, you know. I, I, this is a choice to go to the light. It's yeah. A it's a choice. It's a choice. And you still have to make that choice sometimes. Uh, but hey, Casey, we could probably, if we didn't spend seven hours on toys, probably <laughs> go into it. But also, we're also going to be buying the toys. So uh, great stuff there. Laura Martin, final one of the day. My question is about the future of Star Wars storytelling. Get foggy. Generally, Star Wars has always been about good versus evil, rebels versus empire, light versus dark. Do you think we'll ever see a departure from that? Is there room to tell stories about the different forms of conflict? For example, the, telling a story about a character struggle 
struggling with some sort of internal conflict or being pitted against the forces of some natural phenomenon, or is the Star Wars galaxy doomed to be forever mired in one battle after another? I, I actually really like this question, and I go back to the Obi-Wan thing. Yeah, that's good versus evil, yeah. Yeah. It's dark versus light. It's all those things, but it really does seem about one man's battle with himself <laughs> over what he did yeah. and what he could do and what he's supposed to do. But yeah, I get, I get what I get. The thought here, it's uh, I think some of the lessons of sequel trilogy that old evil will come back again. Yeah, but, but there's other things there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it, there's that approach that that Laura is talking about. You're talking about in Kenobi that yeah, you got the conflict everywhere. You have the wars that's in Star Wars. You have mm-hmm. the the cool battles and the ships in that, but. Why is that person fighting? Right. What's at stake for them? You know, we've we've never seen lots of stories. We, we've never seen, uh, you know, just someone trying to get off a planet that's exploding. Yeah. And somebody doesn't want them to. Right. Right. And, right. And, you know, who are, who are those people? Try- we've never seen a buddy comedy. And what's at stake, <laughs> you know, actually emotionally in yeah. that. I think a lot of things could have the trappings of Star Wars and always have that that truth of mm-hmm. there's a light side and a dark side and there are choices but framed and filtered entirely through different characters perspectives yeah and i think even for you know big new um trilogies if we're going to get those if there is an old republic trilogy um the why Mm, of we're fighting like yep dark dark and light is always going to be bubbling under there but the why, like, why? you know, especially if they kind of just go, hey, Old Republic, it's hundreds of Jedi and hundreds of Sith. But our main character, Jedi, hmm. what does that character think they're doing it? Yeah. What is the do the Sith actually have a vision for the galaxy that they would build? What is that? I think if you dig down into those things and give a character perspectives more complexity, yeah, then it does deal with those familiar issues, but in new ways. I I really like that, and it's, I'm someone who you know would love to see the rebels and empire from here to the end of time in Star Wars. But I want it discussed in different ways, and we're going to review Alphabet Squadron this week. I think it it gets to that the Cassian Andor series to me isn't about rebels versus empires as much as who makes up the rebels and who are the empire. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so, but I, but Lord Lord's got a great question here, and, and, and yeah, and I totally get it. So we appreciate that. We hope we answered it in some way. Uh, Laura, Casey, Michael, Addy, thanks for your questions. We love doing that, and we love talking with all of you. You can do so on Twitter by following us at Force Center Pod using the hashtag Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Website for now, ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.net. Stand by. We're uh, possibly transitioning to a simpler URL uh, and a <laughs> different site that will have a similar feel and look. Uh, merch is available on tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Tweet us pics of that merch, especially if you're going to any movies or shows or viewing parties. Podcast is available. All right, here we go. iHeartRadio, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, among others. We know uh, Apple Podcasts Podcast is probably the most listened to. We're now home. Our home is now Anchor. You can go there, and there's a, a voice message thing we might start using for specific Ooh. shows later on. But also, because we're on Anchor, we're on a lot of new spots. And again, I know our, our analytics show you're mostly coming from Apple, but uh, you can go to our page and look. There's places like Breaker, Castbox, uh, Overcast, Pocketcast, Podbean, Radio Public, <laughs> uh, Stitcher, the spot we've always been. Tune in. Uh, it's a lot there. Twelve platforms and more. Uh, and I think we're going to get back up and running on iHeartRadio. There might be a slight pause because of the switch and hosting platforms. Sorry for the long wind, but that's it. We're 
also on Instagram <laughs> and YouTube and Patreon. <laughs> Sorry for the long wind. Long I wind. am going to adopt that as a phrase in life. Uh, I did want to say, because we our, our, our normal format got messed up by so much news, we do want to get a recommendation. Oh, yeah. Uh, in- I, all, my, all my fault. No, no, no! It's, uh, it's too much, too much news. Uh, our recommendation, not surprisingly, this week uh, for Audible is Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed. Uh, our review will be out on this Thursday, and we do spoiler full reviews and get into all of it. So, if you want to be able to dive into the Alphabet Squadron discussion, fun, go ahead and get this from uh, Audible and listen to it. Right? Uh, absolutely, get it on us on audibletrial dot com slash four center Patreon. New goals coming soon, and we got some goals we're trying to get to right now. That is right. You can go to patreon.com slash four center and read about what we are building toward. And with that, shall we plug ourselves personally and uh, go take a nap? I'll plug myself. Catnapsock.com. <laughs> all information, including appearances at LA Comic Con, comedy in November, uh, the audio book and the regular book version of Why We Love Star Wars, uh, all the silly podcasts I do, uh, you know, and I'm going to read in Bob Iger's book. Um, I'll, I'll review it someplace. <laughs> That's right. We're going to do a special episode about uh, the ride of a lifetime. Bob Iger gets on a blurg. Anyway, uh, you can find me on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. That has links to all of my podcasts and comedy albums. I put out a new comedy album called Joseph Scrimshaw versus Time. Please go check that out. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. We have plugged ourselves personally. There's nothing left. Nothing left. We're done. Just to say goodbye. This was Four Center. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.